Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to the uh, the programme for this morning. Between now and 6.30, we have a variety of topics to parade in front of you. Some good, some really not so good, and some make you go, woo, can't believe we're talking about that. Uh, for example, Orlando's nude pictures have now hit the internet. Yesterday, they were in all the papers. Some of the papers decided to reprint them today. It's just he decided to go on holiday with Katy Perry and decided to take his clothes off. We don't actually have a problem with it. It's just that, obviously, you're not allowed to show things like that. Uh, in the newspapers. I, don't, I can't understand why, because I did see the Naked Dating programme yesterday. What a pile of old doggy doos. What a pile of old rubbish it really is. And so they do close-ups of men's bits and women's bits, and then they have to pick a date to go out on, uh, all based on how they see what somebody looks like when they've got no clothes on. And it was a really bizarre... It's presented by uh, Sue Perkins' girlfriend, uh, Anna Richardson, and I was sort of... I was sort of, I wasn't sort of watching it for any sort of titillation because it comes down to the harsh lighting and television studio. Nobody looks particularly good and most of the people didn't look particularly good, but they're obviously quite used to taking their clothes off and they obviously quite enjoy doing things like that. And so they had no qualms. There was a girl who had to, she hadn't had a boyfriend for two years. Having heard the personality, I was quite of the opinion that she was never going to be finding one. Then she had to take all her clothes off after she'd picked the bloke that she quite liked the look of. It was all a little bit worrying, actually. It was all, it was all a little bit worrying. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's a television programme and they try and sell it as, I suppose, pushing the boundaries. Although, to be honest with you, it, it, it really wasn't that exciting. I felt a bit sad for some of the people who had to disport themselves on the television by taking their clothes off. It's the only way, that's the only way that they can get a date. Things have definitely gone down the swanny, haven't they? Uh, Simon uh, smokes cigarettes 80 a day. Simon Cowell, this is. He smokes 80 cigarettes a day. He's now decided that vaping... Is the, uh, is the best thing, so he's going to try vaping. Uh, Daniela Westbrook has claimed all her teeth have been removed. She must be running out of stories to sell to the newspapers. Also, she thinks she's dying, uh, which is somewhat more serious. And the other thing is that she's been complaining to Kent Police because somebody's peering through her windows taking photographs. Well, you know, as she actively seeks publicity, I don't really see any problem with that. They're obviously standing on a, on, you know, a bit of public land. It's like the people who complain when they get the interceptors. And they go, turn that camera off and they use all the language under the sun and um and uh, they say well you, we, they can't turn the camera off they're, they're filming you because they're on public property so if somebody's taking pictures of daniela westbrook through the uh, through the windows of a house why don't you just pull the curtains dear why don't you try and grow up you know as opposed to blaming everybody but yourself for your predicament you know it's your own problem your 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 problems go back a long way if you'd not discovered cocaine life might have been a lot a uh, lot better but frankly we're a bit bored with you so they've had to take all your teeth out not her fault apparently of course it's her fault. Don't be silly. Not everybody else has their teeth taken out. Uh, Scott the Cabby, he says, um, out of the very limited talent on Big Brother. Oh, talk about limited. Very, very limited, isn't it? It's only Biggins and Samantha Fox. But she's obviously sold some story to the Daily Star. So they're pumping out Samantha Fox stories every day. Whereas her career finished years ago. Years ago. Biggins is the only one who's actually got a career. Grant Bovey is now telling everybody who'll listen that he's gone gay. Which, of course, must have come a huge surprise to uh, poor old Anthea. Poor old Anthea. I'm surprised she hasn't. Oh, she has done a reality show, hasn't she? But uh, I suppose that's what sort of keeps people in, in work nowadays, reality. I think Biggins has done about four or five. At least four or five. At least four or five. And, um, and, and Biggins just sits there while they all argue and shout and scream. And, and there's some big fat bloke 
who's uh, in, I think he's in, what do they call it? Where, where they, that, that they all sort of open up a bin thing and decide if they want to buy it. I mean, he really is as dim as they come. It's a bit embarrassing, actually. But there's going to be a celebrity version of it. Did you know that? I didn't know. It's only because I read it in the newspaper that they said there was going to be um, a celebrity version of, uh, of this, whatever they call it. And, uh, and you won't believe who's in it. It's such a... I shall find it. Because I was, I was thinking to myself, that's a bit of an interesting one, isn't it? This, um, you know, they've sort of found another load of old deadbeats. Um, and we found another Victoria's Secret model. My God, they must be dragging them out of the woodwork every day. But Lewis Hamilton's rumoured squeeze is called Chanel Iman. She's flaunting her bikini... Because that's all they do is model bikinis. They're the same as the Page 3 lot. Only they call these Victoria's Secret, which is a shop in America. It's a bit like Frederick's kind of thing, and they all model this sort of underwear. And apparently she's a babe. Not really, she's just somebody else wearing a bikini. She's 25, she's been seen cosying up to Lewis Hamilton. Ooh, exciting stuff. No, not really at all, I'm afraid. My milk vanished a short while ago, it hasn't reappeared. It will, it will. Uh, Also, uh, while he's off doing uh, a testimonial... I don't know what a testimonial is. It's where, is it where they go and raise money for themselves, or they do it for charity? I've got no idea. Wayne Rooney did it, and so nobody in the house... And so uh, burglars tried to get in. Perhaps these people don't have security. So anyway, the, the police got a helicopter up, just for Wayne Rooney. They get a helicopter up there. They've got uh, dogs out there within minutes. It's all fantastic. It's all wonderful. And uh, I don't think they actually got away with anything. Uh, we're also looking for the hit-and-run scum. And uh, Grant kisses another man on television. But there again, Mr Desperado will do everything to try and prove to you that he's actually got A, a personality, and B, he's worthy of the word celebrity, which of course he isn't. He's just a house builder who went bust spectacularly some years ago. Um, Also, there's uh, other pictures of the papers today. Korea heading to Kim Jong-moon. He wants to go to the moon. Let's hope they can get him up there. That would be nice, wouldn't it, really? And some woman does a dive off one of these... uh, these sort of cliff things, you know, with a waterfall, breaks half the bones in her body and then sounds surprised. I'm not really. Yes, here we go. This is the this is the programme here. Uh, It's called uh, Celebrity Storage Hunters. Celebrity Storage Hunters. Okay, And uh, the show that launched the career of Heavy D, his real name is, isn't it Colin or something stupid? Biggins will be joining Phil Tufnell. God, not him again. Charlotte Crosby. God, blimey. Uh, Janet Street, very old. Uh, boy band Union J. Oh, they're not even complete, are they? Former Dragon's Den expert Theo Pafitis will be using his business skills and uh, it'll be fronted by auctioneer and comedian Sean Kelly. It'll be airing this uh, this autumn. There's all sorts of programmes that they've made. Most of them are sort of very dreary. And to be honest with you, anything that's got Phil Tufnell and Charlotte Crosby and Janet Street Porter in has got the word kiss of death on it, hasn't it? I mean, who on earth is going to be remotely interested in that? Nobody is going to be remotely interested. We are interested in the Olympics. Well, I think I'm interested in the Olympics. I'm not totally convinced, actually. I'm not totally convinced. I was only interested when we did it, because I thought it was nice, and I liked the Olympic Park, and I went to the Olympic Park, and I, I watched the opening ceremony. I thought it was fantastic, and I loved everything about it. And uh, now it's held somewhere else in Rio. I'm not really that bothered. In fact, I haven't really got caught up in the fever which I should have done. I really should have got caught up in the fever of it, but I didn't. Um, going to be recording two in conversations today, which is nice. One is the, the actor Brian Cox, who's got a new film out, which is called The Carer. Uh, and it, he, he, he plays an old Shakespearean actor. It's a bit of all coming, all coming uh, round one full circle. And, uh, and the other guy who's coming in 
is part of the uh, the restaurant inspector business. Well, he goes around undercover and inspects restaurants, but he's a, he's a director at the Ivy, so he knows exactly what he's talking about. So we'll be talking to him as well. And then at home and then back and then out for a lovely afternoon tea at a top London hotel today. I shall tell you all about on... Um, Sunday. It'll have to be on Sunday, actually. Yes, Sunday. Uh, apparently, uh, where can you get lasagna for £2.50? I mean, apart from that, you could probably find it in a transport cafe, couldn't you? The answer is the House of Lords. They have really, really, um, really, really cheap food. Really, really cheap food. Uh, the decades of fame, which have taken its toll on poor Will Young, is now described as troubled. Will Young is described as troubled. Where's my milk gone? They kept, have they brought it back? God for that. It's the only milk in the building. Well, it's not really. It's the nearest one I've found. I'm pinching that. Then I have to share it with people. Yeah, a little bit of sharing milk here, sharing milk there, and all the rest of it. It's ridiculous, honestly. No, no, I'm all right at the moment, just as long as it doesn't go walkies. I don't want it to go walkies anymore. I don't like, you know, because it was. I remember coming in Christmas one year and there was no milk except I found one floor in this building where there is always milk. Always milk. And I'm not telling anybody where it is because it's a secret kitchen. And it's, the, it's when people come in, they go, where's all the milk gone? And first thing in the morning, if you don't have milk, you're, oh dear, I tell you, you're in a very, very bad mood. So this morning I've got my milk and I've got my coffee and I've got, oh, blow, I just spilled it, never mind. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yes, cataracts we talked about the other day. And uh, one lady who's got cataracts was told, wear dark glasses. It's exactly what they said to me in Boots, the, uh, the optician. That's exactly what they said to me. He said, because you've got cataracts in one eye, he said, wear, wear sunglasses a lot. But you don't need to tell me. I wear sunglasses all the time. Mainly because... Oh, dirty. Uh, mainly because I've got weak eyes, because of years of working nights. And so when you go out in the daytime, uh, you, you tend to find that your eyes get very sore quite quickly. So I tend to wear sunglasses a lot of the time. In fact, I can't even drive the car without sunglasses. It's as simple as that. Uh, Steve, a celebrity version of Celebrity Big Brother. What an idea. The trouble, have you noticed, though, they cannot find celebrities. In this day and age, somebody who was married to a girl whose television career wrapped up donkeys years ago is now classed as a celebrity. That's like sort of saying the one-night stand that Samantha Fox might have had back in the 1980s is now a celebrity. That's exactly what it's come down to. It's come down to, as I said in my book, did I mention I had a book, so you want to be a celebrity? And there's a bit in there which says, if you want to get famous, it's fame by association. So in other words, if you, if you pick somebody up in a nightclub, like a footballer, you can become famous. Look at that uh, ex-Miss United Kingdom, whatever her name was. She had sex on Love Island, and she's now a celebrity. That's, that, that's exactly what it's come down to. She was on this Love Island thing, she had sex on television, and now she's a celebrity. And they go, oh, and you think, so in other words, basically every hooker listening to this programme at the moment, you are a celebrity because you've slept with loads of people and that's really good. Well, well done. Marvellous. Well done. Uh, the uh, the ex-Miss United Kingdom's only done it the once, but I mean, judging by she was able to do it live on television, she's obviously up for it all the time. So uh, the next advert for her will be in a phone box, I should imagine, round King's Cross. Ridiculous, isn't it? That that's what classes as a celebrity. Next thing is she'll be turning up on sort of, you know, Hell's Kitchen or something like that. Because people go, oh, because she's a celebrity. So in other words, that's why you get all these people who hang around the nightclubs hoping to find some stray footballer who's had a few sherbets who buys them a drink. And they'll do just about anything. I told you years ago I was in Stringfellows and there was a, I was sitting down with uh, a load of the girls who used to uh, drink in there. 
because I, I used to use it as like just a drinking place. You go in there, you have a few drinks, chat to a few people, have a cup of coffee, go to the Hippodrome, show people a light show, come into work, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they had a policy where they said that they would let girls into Stringfellows if they were topless. If they were topless. They had to be topless. And so... One of the papers, and I think it was the Daily Star, they had a... Um, I used to drink a lot with a lady called Sue in Stringfellow. She used to write the TV page, and uh, she used to put me in it and things like that. It was all, it was all very nice and amicable. And they, they asked two girls in there, listen, will you go over the road from Stringfellows, take your tops off, and then come to the front door, and we'll get a picture of the bouncers going, no, you're not coming in because you're topless. And so they went, yeah, and they were prepared for nothing, for no fee whatsoever. So they got two girls uh, who were inside the club to go outside, take their their tops off and stand outside the front door topless. And the bouncer's going, no. And that picture appeared in the paper the next day. And I remember thinking, my God, if people do that now, they'll do anything. They'll absolutely do anything. And then I watched somebody arguing on Celebrity Big Brother. I call it Celebrity because I don't know any of the people on there. The big fat bloke from Storage Wars, who really is about as dumb as they come... Somebody had uh, somebody called Chloe Mafia, who apparently has made millions in the porn industry. And I, I thought, maybe not actually, judging by her looks. And she squirted stuff in his bed. And somebody else said, don't, don't get in your bed. It's got pepper in there and all this rest of it. So he thought it was one of the blokes who did It's all very childish. They are a bit childish. And he confronted one of the blokes who then fronted up to him. And then they do this sort of big... I mean, it's, uh, meanwhile, Biggins is staying well. He just sits there reading. Happily sitting there reading. La, la. And all the rest of them are having their, you know, desperado measure, including Grant Bovey kissing a man. Well, I say kissing a man. I use the term very loosely on the show because, I mean, this really is the biggest Mary I've ever seen. And, and Grant Bovey, he's doing it, I suppose, to try and get the gay vote. Don't think the gays want you either, Grant. So that's uh, not many women in there. But as I say, old man lusting after young girls and now boys is slightly freaky. OK, just like I tell you that now because you're undoubtedly going to be kicked out tonight. Back to obscurity, as they say. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. God, very grumpy, wasn't he? Very grumpy there. I have been ripped off. That was like, you know, that was almost the uh, the same bit, wasn't it, when Louis Theroux asked to have a look inside um, Anne Widdicombe's bedroom. Can I go and have a look around your bedroom? No, you can't, she said in that quavering vibrato that she's got. And uh, and then she told her mother off. Don't tell him things, mother. I've told you before. Obviously, her mother was quite key. But I think they wanted to look round. She was a big fan of Pussycats was Anne Widdicombe. And he quite rightly wanted to have a look round the bedroom just to see what it looked like, you know, as you would. You know, the bedroom... I mean, to be honest with you, I'd have gone, I'd have gone straight for the side drawer. I'd have opened up the side drawer just to see what was in there. You'd like to know, wouldn't you? I suspect probably what was in there would be some anodins and, uh, and probably a copy of the Bible or something, or a good, a good thriller. Good thriller. Do you know that J.K. Rowling is now the third richest person in the world, in the author world? There's a bloke in America who made 71 million quid last year. He writes thrillers. Anyway, Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning because you get Andrew Castle at the weekend and you get Katie Hopkins as well. I know she's uh, around at the weekend because I see her broomstick on Sunday. And so she'll be in this weekend, as per usual, cutting up the airwaves. Nick Ferrari's doing it this morning for breakfast. Interest rates are cut in a bid to ward off a Brexit recession. Do you think it'll make people regret their decision to leave the EU? And you can hear Nick's interview with the Governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney. As Dame Lowell Goddard resigns as the head of the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse, Nick will be asking what next for the investigation. And five years on from the London riots, 
Nick looks back at the events and those who are affected by them. John Cushing is in Rio to give an update on the latest Olympic news and talk us through what to expect in the opening ceremony. That's uh, Nick Ferrari from Seven, after the morning news, with Lisa Aziz looking at the papers today. Caroline Wheeler, political editor of the Sunday Express, will be in the studio. Uh, we take all your texts and emails at 84850 uk. And uh, Stu's having uh, laser eye surgery this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I don't know, actually. I, I can get my cataracts done if I pay privately, and I think it's about £4,500 an eye. I think that's the way it works out. But uh, do we need it just yet? Not at this precise moment. Uh, being a person who talks for a living, says James, you obviously know how to look after your voice. Unfortunately not. I wish I could tell you. Yes, I do. He says, I've got the worst sore throat ever, worse than swallowing glass. I can't eat or drink. You've probably got uh, swollen nodules. And you can always tell, if you put your fingers either side of your throat, you'll feel them towards your ears, just underneath the, the chin. And if that's, uh, <coughs> excuse me, if that's swollen, then uh, that's, that's what it is. And you'll have to wait for it to go down. I do carry, and, and well, normally I carry, and I'll, if you go through the bathroom, you'll find loads of stuff, chloroseptic and throat sprays and stuff like that. But if you've got a sore throat and you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is soothe it by drinking water, uh, probably gargling with salt water could be quite useful. Chloroseptic, I always find. Because the trouble is, for me, it's not, you know, I'm not doing a normal job. Because I'm talking for two and a half hours, then I've got to record links, then I've got to do the podcast. So There's about three hours worth of talking straight through. The only breaks you get are on the, on the advertising. And sometimes it doesn't, doesn't last long enough for me to actually try and recover. And as I'm talking, I'm making it worse. The idea is you're supposed to rest your voice and not do anything with it. So I'm the worst person to ask because I've had throat infections before. Sometimes you just have to get through it. But you can, you'll, you'll feel if you've got swollen, swollen glands... At the side, it's uh, it can be quite uh, quite painful, and of course, it means that you can't swallow. It means that you can't do anything, and you go, Ugh. and it it generally means that you're going to sit there for about three days, and it'll eventually just wear itself out. Unfortunately, in, in my business, it just takes forever. It really does. So I know exactly how bad you feel. You can try all sorts of things, but the best thing, just drink some water and just try and save your voice. That's it. But I don't do anything. You would think, as I use my voice. Uh, for a living that I would be uh, I would be okay with stuff like that but I'm not I'm just as susceptible to it uh, Steve I've heard about 90 I haven't heard 95% says Mike of the people who are calling themselves celebrities what have happened to quality actors and actresses well the people who are there uh, in the house are not working they're in there to to either top up uh, something you know that they, they need to get them through the year in Grant Bovey's case I mean he's just a he's just just not very interesting at all. <laughs> not very interesting. Taxi driver did find me this morning. I should think so. And uh, uh, I work as cabin crew. And drunk passengers are a frequent recurring nightmare. Uh, duty-free shops sell as much alcohol as they can due to the commission they earn. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we should actually have drinking on board aeroplanes. You know, I mean, I know, I know it sounds a bit... Uh, a bit ridiculous, but I just sort of think it's. I mean, a friend of mine, he likes drinking. He gets on the aeroplane, he's in first class, and what, what does he do? He drinks his way across the Atlantic. He loves it. Whereas me, I'm not really bothered. I have had a couple of drinks on an aeroplane, but I'd rather take on a bottle of water and I go to sleep. I use that opportunity of going to sleep. It doesn't. It doesn't really work all the time, I know, and I appreciate. And some people obviously can't do it. If you're going on holiday, you probably think, oh, I'll have a drink because that's what you do. But I think, you know, 
I think if you can't get across the Atlantic or a few hours on a plane without a drink, there's something the matter with you. I think there definitely is definitely something the matter. I would I would like to think that you could probably do it. You know, and I think it's I think it's probably the way forward that they just stop serving drink because there's more cases of people being abusive to flight staff. And that's and that's why. You know, if, if I was on board a plane and somebody started kicking off, I mean, they do carry restraints. But of course, you know, some people go beyond that with their drink. They, they can give a very good impression of being somebody sober, but then they can turn at a moment. Oh, blimey, that's quick. Uh, but they can turn at a moment's notice. Uh, Lee Baldry, <laughs> who's probably just finished his shift at the moment. In fact, he probably has just finished his, uh, his shift, says, um, I don't know any of these uh, celebrities either. Perhaps I should go in. Well, you'd certainly look a lot better with your shirt off than most of these people. Certainly look a lot better. Actually, there is uh, there is one person out of the uh, the Big Brother house who has done full frontal already. The um, uh, Lewis Bluer, I think his name is. I can't remember. No, oh, don't, oh no, I don't think Biggins would do full frontal. No, Lee Mead, uh, Lee Mead, Lee Baldry could do full frontal. He seriously could. I mean, and he knows that as well. Uh, but I, do you think people do it? You know, as a as, as sort of an exhibitionist streak or something like that. Because when they first did Big Brother, and it goes back a long, long time, um, nobody was aware of cameras. Now people are aware of cameras. So do people play up to it, do you think? Far more than they did in the early days, because it was the hidden cameras. Is it Lewis Blue? Yeah, him. Yeah, we had some full frontal stuff from him the other day. People have said, I look a lot like him. Blind people say that. Blind people say that. He's 26, so we're quite close. And he's a star, apparently, in Towie. No, he's not. He just looks like a bit of a himbo, doesn't he? Uh, describe yourself in three words. Underestimated, overachieving, optimist. OK, how about... How about... No, he, he can't spell any of those words. And he just looks like a bit of a plank. Uh, Lee says he's, he'll only take his clothes off if, if it's warm. <laughs> You're such a fibber. <laughs> Such a fibber. You'd take it off, it was freezing cold. I know you would. But it's it's true, though, isn't it? That, you know, I mean, you're better known than any of those people in there because you're on the television all the time. You know, have you, have you seen what, what Lee uh, what Lee Baldry looks like? Oh, there we are. Producer always likes to look at people that we talk about on the programme, so he likes to have a little check. And uh, <laughs> have, have a look. Have a look at a picture. Lee Baldry. B-A-L-D-R-Y. Everybody else can play along at home. Not if you're driving in the car, OK? We don't want any of those sort of accidents going on. So, um, there you go. There he is. Oh, look, there's a picture with his shirt off. Well, there's a surprise, Lee. In fact, there's quite a number of pictures with your shirt off. <laughs> it's sickening, actually. How do people maintain... I mean, I know this is going to be the dumbest question of the decade. But how do people maintain a gym body? How do you, I mean, it's, I mean, is it, is it literally as simple as that? Is it going to the gym every day of the week? Because I know quite a few of the guys who work overnight on the roulette programmes on the television. And the, and the one thing they all have in common is they're all slim. Everybody is slim. I've never seen anybody my size at all. Much ado, I don't think people my size really exist in the television world. Because it makes you look a little bit bigger, doesn't it? If, if you actually go on television and you're carrying a bit of weight, then you look bigger. And, uh, but if you're sort of, yeah, I mean, so the trouble is I don't want to look gaunt. This is the one thing that's keeping me out of the gym, as you can well imagine, Lee. I'm sort of thinking to myself, you know, I can be airbrushed. I can hide behind a microphone. That's the best way forward, isn't it? But I find it very depressing standing next to good-looking people. He says, I'm not a celeb, just a TV host. We don't get paid enough to eat. Actually, I was going to ask you, it's funny you should say that, because somebody said to me the other day, how much do people get for doing these 
programmes on the television where you're doing the roulette and the and the gambling because they say how much they they generate. Now it used to be done up at Teddington, but they pulled Teddington Studios down. It's gone completely. Teddington Studios is flattened to the ground. It's going to be a housing estate. Pure sacrilege, as far as I'm concerned, because I spent many happy years up at there working on different programmes for UK living and things like that. But um, I was wondering, actually, A, where, where you do the programmes now. Because the person spinning the wheel, he's not here, is he? Is he on the Isle of Man? I think I know it sounds a bit daft, but there's some legal thing that means it has to be elsewhere. So that's why you only see them as a picture. They go, and he always goes, spinning from number 24. And you think, it's not actually, you're just sort of putting the ball near it and spinning it around. It doesn't, doesn't kind of mean anything to me. But obviously, when you see the amount of money going on, they say, since January, we've paid out £156 million. And you think, oh, God, somebody must be making a bit of money. Battersea Studios for us, says Lee. That's where they are, Battersea. So, actually, at this time of the morning, coming back from Battersea is actually quite easy, isn't it? That's not, that's not a difficult thing to do. Teddington was actually quite an easy little run out. But I was always... Somebody said to me, how much do you think they earn per shift? And I said... <laughs> I, I took a wild, random guess at what I thought somebody would earn for doing that. And I think it's probably, probably roughly the same on the jewellery channels, except on the jewellery channels. And there's a few guys who work on the, uh, on the roulette who do the jewellery as well. And uh, I would think you have to try harder on that one. Am I right? I know you're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. Uh, Lee's trolling home from the uh, from the studio today. Actually, I'm still I'm still sort of guessing at what sort of an average. I don't want to do it on air because I think it's wrong to to tell people what people are. People are always curious, aren't they? Though. I mean, I'm, I'm as probably as curious as the next. Well, not really. I'm actually it's a lie. I'm not really that curious. I'm just sort of interested because I remember years ago. And I can tell you this now because it was a long, long time ago. We used to have a, a presenter who worked for LBC who was what, what I call a voice on a stick. He had a very, very deep, sexy voice, but he was deeply boring. And anyway, he went off to launch uh, a radio station in Bournemouth called 2CR. And uh, this, I mean, this was a long, long time ago. And I remember say, he said, uh, oh, hi, Steve. And I said, oh, hi. And he said, uh, he said, I'm going down to do this show. I'm going to do an afternoon show. I said, gosh, I said, how much does that pay? Ten quid a show. That's, I mean, this is a long time ago, remember. This is a long time ago. Ten pounds a show. And you think to yourself, wow. And when I first started, I was, uh, I was on a, a yearly salary at LBC, which was £8,900 a year. That was for a five-day week. And I remember thinking... I mean, I thought it was great money. I didn't, I didn't think that was bad money at all, because way back in the 1970s, that wasn't bad money. 8000 a year. Plus, you used to get your newspaper allowance, telephone allowance, milk allowance, and mileage if you drove your car. 36 pence a mile, I remember we actually got. And you could double your, your salary on expenses. You could put... Uh, there were all sorts of ways people were fiddling their expenses. It was terrible. What people would do is sort of take a taxi to the airport. But, in fact, they wouldn't. They'd actually get a receipt from a taxi driver, write down what, what the fare was, but they'd take the bus. So, in other words, you, you could save an awful lot of money. It was, it, I mean, it, it, it was a common thing to do, quite a common thing to do. Simon uh, has just got married to a wonderful man called Dwayne and, uh, and Anisha. Oh, it's after 5.15. Oh, God, blimey, honestly. You have to remind me about these things. You have to remind me a bit later, actually, because otherwise I, I never get round to it. And um, I went to the doctor. I said, every time I go to an airport and pass through customs, I have to get drunk. He said, you're a borderline alcoholic. 
Okay. The old ones are the best. It's about as good as it's going to get this morning. I don't think we're actually going to get any better than that, are we? Because it's Friday, and by the time you get to Friday on this on this programme, you start sort of scaling down a little bit. Actually, it's a lie. We don't scale down at all. We, we keep up uh, exactly the same as we do uh, the rest of the time. Uh, more people talking about laser surgery and more people talking about... Um, all sorts of things about drinking. I agree to the ban on alcohol. It'll help stop plane rage and abuse to the air stewards. And so more plane companies do the same. I think, seriously, uh, we should stop it. You don't, you don't need a drink. The reason that they sell it, they're not selling it to get you drunk. They're selling it to make money. It's what they're doing on the plane now. Uh, Sardison's throat specific is excellent. Antibiotics work. And Grant Bovey, Steve, says John the cabbie is obviously in the house to get some cash to pay back some of the money he owes. Oh, it'd be nice to think that, isn't it? So you're obviously thinking nice thoughts this morning, John, whereas I don't think nice thoughts. <laughs> I, I, never, uh, I never think nice thoughts about people. Uh, I read that the Loose Women presenters get about £1,000 an episode. Uh, no, I would think not. I would think not, because that's a big panel, you see. So you're looking at £4,000 a show just for that. No, that would take it up a little bit. I would think probably five to seven fifty would be about right. Five to seven fifty. I'd be surprised if anyone was getting £1,000 a show. Really be very surprised. Uh, they do pay some of the guests that go on there as well. They do pay some of the guests. But uh, no, and who did they have on the other day? They had that woman on there who claimed that her husband wasn't having sex with her and he could go and find it elsewhere. And she's in Big Brother. And he then went on the panel yesterday. God, small wonder she doesn't want sex with him. He's so boring. He's so boring. I didn't realise that somebody could be that boring. I'm not saying that you've got to be very exciting if you want to have, you know, carnal relationships with uh, with somebody. But uh, Sarah Khan, that's right. Her, her husband... Oh. Godfathers. Even the panel looked suitably unimpressed that he was on the show. And yesterday they had sort of the very dreary panel on, which, well, apart from the one that I like, which is Jane Moore. Um, and the rest of them, it's just, it's just a bit dreary. But the idea that Janet Street, I'm really ancient Porter, is sort of doing a reality show, I find laughable. She was so bored. This is the one who I would never, never take an award or anything like that from the government. Oh, is that for me? Thank you very much indeed. And so she's done exactly the same. As Princess Tippy Toes. Yes, as featured in the Daily Mail today, the selling out of Shami Chakrabarti. So uh, she says, you can ask the question, I'm going to evade it. In fact, basically, she's a bit of a waste of space, full time. She seriously is. Self-appointed at liberty, out of that now. And one of her closest political chums was David Davis. And, um, and then uh, they say, parting from her husband has changed her life. I don't know why, I always thought she looked slightly butch, Shami Chakrabarti. I never sort of looked at her and went, oh, very sexy, feminine person. I didn't think that at all, actually. But uh, they think the Olympic honour went to her head, and so now she's expect, uh, accepted a peerage. I mean, really. It's just, it's just too pathetic for words, isn't it, really? I never liked her. Never liked her. But that's, that's my prerogative in the stern age. Luckily, we're allowed to have an opinion, thank you, God. Uh, another one here, uh, talking about uh, texts. Uh, one to Jan says, I, I've had two texts came from Nat West. I didn't reply. I don't have an account with them. Second one told me an account that I don't have his block. Warn people about the scam. Oh, Jan, wake up for Christ's sake. They've been around for about the past 20 years, love. Where have you been? Where have you been? I mean, why, why would, why would people be, you know, if, are you assuming, you're obviously assuming that people aren't as intelligent as you. If you think people need warning about this scam, we've told you time and time again, dear. And, uh, and I'll repeat it again for you, that your bank never writes to you on the internet. They never write to you on the internet. I've told people that a million times before. And if you don't have an account with them, that kind of confirms it. I always fill in with lots of rude words. 
and then send it back to them again. It's like if ever I get, and I know this is a bit naughty, if ever I get uh, unsolicited post, which I don't, I don't, I mean, I really don't, we have a great filtration system, but if I did, I then put it back in the envelope and put it back in the post box with no stamp on it. And let them pay the other end. So uh, so when it gets delivered back to them, they have to pay the thing. That's, that's always a great one to do. Or failing that, you know, just put it all in different envelopes and send it back to everybody. That also amuses me no end. I like doing things like that. It's it's a very, very good idea. Very good idea. And it, it stops them doing it uh, to you ever again. Every time I've been on a plane and we land safely, I wait for the captain and the crew to come out so I can thank them. Always appreciated, said Amanda. Oh, you don't. You... Lord, that's like people getting off the bus and going, Thank you, driver. Who says that? Who's, who says that on a bus? There's a woman who, who I see on a bus fairly regularly, and she always gets off the bus. She goes, thank you, driver. I mean, what's that about? Are we supposed to say that? And then it's always appreciated. No, they always go, thank you, loony. <laughs> they always say that, don't they? And then she says, it's, it's like we're expected to give a hairdresser a tip, yet not someone who's responsible for our lives. Well, you don't give a tip to the bus driver, do you? I mean, for some reason, we tip taxi drivers. Don't ask me why. Tipping has always been a, a bit of an odd thing with me. We, we, we tip in restaurants for somebody bringing your plate to the table. They haven't cooked the food, you know, and yet you don't go and tip the person who's cooked it. You tip the person who brings it to the table. Why don't they just give you a ring and say, Steve, your food's ready, and I stand up and go and pick up the plate and bring it back to the table. I hate all these restaurants now. They found a way round it. They actually put the tip on the bill. And that's the way that they get round it, because they know damn well, if they, if they left it up to you, you wouldn't tip them. So we tip all sorts of people. You have to tip the person who washes your hair. And the reason you tip the person who washes your hair in the hairdresser is because they don't earn very much money. So you tip them to make their money up. They, of course, don't declare it to the tax man. It's sort of unearned income. It just goes in the pocket. But if you go into a restaurant, it mainly goes into a pot and then it's divided top downwards. So if you're the, the waiter, you might not get... So I always give personally to the waiter. And we tip taxi drivers, and yet I don't tip the driver who brings me in in the morning because I'm an account customer, so I don't tip. But would be stupid getting out the other end and going, and there's a pound for your trouble. You think, no, you're earning money, that's what you do. And yet we tip taxi drivers. I don't know why. Why do we tip hairdressers? Why do you not tip the person in the supermarket who packs your bag in Marks and Spencers? You don't do that, do you? Why? Why do... I'm not eating. Um, why, why is it you get off a plane and you don't go to the, to the stewardess? There's a fiver. Thank you very much indeed for looking after us. Because you might not ever see them again. I wouldn't know if I'd been on a plane two or three times with the same staff on there, but you don't tip them. You don't go through customers and go, gee, that was a very good experience. There's a pound or something like that. You don't, you don't go into the sweet shop, pick up your sweeties and then go and there's an extra 50p for yourself. And yet you tip a barman. They always go, so and so and so. You go, and uh, one for yourself? Before? What on earth do you want to give tips to them for? They're making a fortune. You're kidding. They want to drink. They just help themselves. I think it's. I think we, we, we've got a bit out of hand. In America, they're even worse. They tip everywhere in America. You can't go through anything without, without tipping. They just live on tips. Live on tips. That's how they survive. Waiters, waitresses, car jockeys, people who wash the car, stuff like that. I mean, I used to give... I mean, I went to pick up stuff from DHL the other day, as you know. And the lady behind the counter, I gave her a box of, uh, of chocolates uh, because I bought them in the, in the car and, and she seemed quite happy. And I thought that was a nice thing to do because she's always really nice to me. But, you know, you can't really offer money. That looks, there are certain people who wouldn't, wouldn't offer money to. You know, you offer money to the hairdresser, to the taxi driver, to the waiting staff, but you don't give anything to the chef. I always tip the maitre d's 
in restaurants because they're the ones who I'll have my first port of call with. And they go, hi, Steve, nice to see you back again. Got your table ready. And that's it. So I always, I always tip for that. Always tip for that. You tip the cloakroom person for taking your coat and then losing it in a cloakroom. That's what you do, isn't it? You actually tip somebody in the cloakroom. But I did watch last night, I did watch Naked Attraction, the programme where these men, first of all, were standing on these podiums, but the podium, the, the actual sort of shower bit had come down and then it went up. And so you can see them from, from the belly button down, start naked, and then the camera hones in on their bits. And they ask the girl, you know, which one do you like the look of? It's... I had to pinch myself to make sure I was watching television. It's all very bizarre. And so she looked at these five men's bits. So bear in mind, she doesn't know what they look like, but she can see them below the waist. And they start naked and the camera goes in. And then the girl who was hosting it said at one point, and you have to put your fingers in your ears if you think this is going to sound offensive. She said, oh, do you like circumcised men? It was at that moment I thought I'd better drink my coffee slightly stronger in the morning because I'm never likely to get through the day. And so she goes, oh, yeah, I do, and all the rest of it. And then, and then she started discussing positions that she would be in. And then the, then the, the, the sort of the, the thing went up a little bit further, so you can see their chest. You still can't see their face. So now you're getting them from the neck downwards. And uh, one of them was fat. I mean, it was a, a, a variety of willies. And uh, and then at the end, after she's picked out the one that she wants, who stands next to her start naked, then she has to take all her clothes off so he can see what she looks like start naked. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, she looked better with clothes on. She looked a little bit like a stick insect without them on. And then they do exactly the same where they have a man coming on and he picks out a woman. So they have these women standing there start naked and the camera slowly goes down their body. It's a little bit... It's a bit pervy, it has to be said. I don't, I don't quite understand what purpose it's serving. Just to look at naked... You wouldn't do it, would you? You wouldn't stand there naked. No. You're hesitating a little bit, aren't you? I'm not... No, you wouldn't do it. No. I, I wouldn't do it. I can't understand. And yet none of them seem to have any qualms about taking all their clothes off and standing stark naked on television whilst the camera goes up and down their body. They might as well do sort of live art class... Or something like that. It was years ago. Do you remember when poor old Keith Chegwin did the Naked Game Show? And it's on YouTube. And I, I only uh, issue it as a warning because I thought they would be very discreet about it. They had two couples on there. And then Keith Chegwin bounced out from behind uh, a, um, a brick kind of, you know, fake mountain kind of thing. Stark naked. I mean, seriously, it was the smallest little thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. I felt so sorry for him. I felt like writing a letter to Maggie Philbin going, I'm really sorry for, uh, for poor Keith. I mean, how embarrassing. How emba- what on earth would ever possess anybody to stand there stark naked trying to read questions out off a card? Oh, dear me. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I think after the uh, the latest fantastic LBC audience figures, um, I think possibly a contract is in the offing again. <laughs> That'll bore some people, which is great, actually. Uh, a previous DJ at LBC was Paul McKenna, a presenter. Uh, he has presented on LBC. He has presented on LBC. He was better known for presenting on one of our sister stations. But, uh, oh, yes, yes, definitely a radio presenter. Definitely. And uh, another one here. Uh, talking about re-tipping, the Americans are very generous when it comes to tipping. I don't see why we should top up low-paid workers. Well, that was always my argument. There was a guy in America, you probably know the story, uh, and he was a campaigner against tipping. 
And he used to give waitresses a card, or waiters a card, mainly women in America, saying, listen, I think you're a fantastic person. Uh, I'm not tipping you. I'm giving this card to tell you that you're a fantastic person. Your boss should pay you a proper wage. And that's, that's, what, it, that's what it came down to. So I thought that was quite a nice idea. Not much use to the person who's actually got it, though, was it, really? Uh, Matthew says, if ever I get these annoying credit card applications... Uh, I send the blank application back in the prepaid envelope just so they have to pay the postage. I know why anybody would ever want to take a credit card which has got an APR of one of the, some of these fantastic amounts on the television. I've seen one the other day, 1,990%. Who in their right mind, unless you've got no brain whatsoever, would ever take out... You know, I suppose if you've been barred from just everything under the sun and you're looking uh, to, to maybe get hold of a credit card, because you cannot live your life on credit unless you very cleverly juggle. So, in other words, all the experts will say, have a credit card, pay it off at the end of each month. So you're basically getting a month's free interest. Pay it off in one month so you don't have to pay any... I never pay any interest. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm far too mean for that. No, no, I like to pay the, the credit card off at the end of each month. So I start blank at the end of each month. That's the way it works. It's good. Um, but what the other thing was? Oh, yes, the lasagna for £2.50. This is the House of Commons dining room. My God, they consume it down there. And it's cheap. Very cheap for them. The booze and the food. I understand that people have to eat. But, I mean, surely they could have just normal prices. Not like they're not making any money at all. And mine's 26 foot long. But I don't use it as a ruler. This is a bloke who ordered a ruler from uh, Amazon... And it came with 26 foot of wrapping paper around it. It's a ruler. 26 feet of wrapping paper in a box, the size of which you've never seen in your life. I mean, it was enormous. Enormous. Uh, Brendan Cole ruled out replacing Len Goodman. They say he's too cocky. And, and they're sort of going for Tony Beak, who's like a cheesy oil slick. He's a bit greasy. He's a bit, he's a bit naff. Um, Anton, that's to- Anton de Beck. That's his real name, Tony Beak. Yes, yes. He had to change it. I mean, who's, who's going to take somebody called Tony Beak very seriously? So Anton de Beck, I know. He's the sort of man, he tucks his shirt in his pants. You know, it's that kind of look. You just know that he's a bit naff. Uh, I know somebody he used to go out with. I could tell you stories. Uh, decades of fame have taken its toll, I'm afraid, on poor Will Young. I see his record company drop him. And they've got pictures in the papers of Will kind of having a fallout, really. No, a fallout from himself. I suspect, because he was very popular and then presumably the money took hold and then he found all sorts of other exciting things to do. And and then it sort of just goes a bit pear-shaped and I don't really know what the answer is for him because I don't... The music business is incredibly fickle. I mean, it really is fickle. You can be up one minute and then out completely the next. It's just... It's a constant battle to maintain your position in the charts. And I, I understand exactly how sort of people feel about it because people go into the business and they go, oh, it's fantastic. I'm going to be... Um you know, a big pop star, you know, and it's going to be like the Rolling Stones in years to come. You think, no, it's not. It really isn't. They all think that. They all think that. Every single person that goes into the music business. By the time you've had, you know, you, you can imagine how easy it is to befuddle your mind. You go into a studio, uh, people record you, they take photographs, all the popsy magazines, all the little girls scream and shout. I know we've seen it all down here outside these windows where I'm sitting now. You know, you get the girls hanging around for the groups and the boys, singers. You don't get it so much for the girls, but for the boys singers you definitely get it because the majority of the fans are female. And they obviously think that they're going to be big stars without realising that the moment they don't sell records it's finished 
it's finished and nobody prepares them for that. So one minute, you know, you're being whisked around London and Glasgow and Edinburgh and Birmingham and Liverpool in a blacked out transit van where, you know, you get out the other end, people go, yeah, and they scream or have their pictures taken with you. It's like this for me every day. As you can well imagine, I'm constantly getting pensioners coming up to me going, I'd like to give you a kiss, Steve, I've taken my teeth out. You know, and you go, all right, Brian, but only the once. And uh, and you sort of do all this. And so then all of a sudden, they go on to television, they mime their little pop single. And we used to have an endless, an endless trail of these people coming into Channel 5 when we had a show on Channel 5. And uh, practically one a week, a boy band would come in. And some were very good and some were terrible, but they all had one thing in common. They were all terribly egotistical. Terribly egotistical. That was the only thing that sort of set them aside from other people. They were all, you know, deeply in love with themselves. They spent a lot of time looking in the mirror and doing their hair and having their makeup done so they looked as perfect as possible. You never saw any boy bands with spots, put it that way. Uh, but nothing prepares them for when... The, I mean, can you ever imagine Union J appearing on a reality show? Storage Wars? What? What's gone wrong there? Storage wars. I mean, this is a, you know, you're in a boy band and then what? What now? Um, we're going to go uh, onto Storage Hunters or whatever it's called. What? I mean, that's really bad. They might as well put Will Young on it, I suppose. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Everything we weave in uh, to the programme. My, um, my son Robert's driving to Manchester. Always leaves at 4am so he can listen to you for most of the journey. Poor soul, honestly. Imagine having to suffer with this programme for the, for the whole of the journey. I mean, that, that could be really bad, couldn't it, really? But anyway, he, he does do it. And it makes a, for the journey so much nicer with me being in the car. Can you pick... Oh, because you've got DAB. You pick it up all the way, don't you, really? Uh, Mark in Wayfield says it can only be on uh, Sky TV television, like Undressed, tonight at 9pm. You have to admit, television is getting riskier. The trouble is, I don't think it's actually riskier. I think it just attracts the perverts. I mean, you know, so so now we've got sort of a, a naked show. Uh, what next? You know, the teen naked show. And you've got teenagers on there taking their clothes off. You know, or sort of life in a nudist colony or something like that. I mean, it's just, where where do you end with it? We know where it begins. We're just more worried about where it's going to be ending because they, they seem to be taking away the taboos. I mean, I don't necessarily want to watch naked people on the television all the time. I mean, it's, I mean, I could understand it if they were all stunning looking. But dear God in heaven are some ugly people. I mean, really. If you're ugly, you know you're ugly. You don't need me to tell you. Just look in the mirror. That tells you you're ugly. Are they men or women on the television? We didn't know, actually. We're just looking at somebody on Sky. They're men. Thank you. <laughs> They're definitely men. Why you can always tell drag, I don't know. But uh, you can always spot drag, can't you, a mile off. Are they sort of promotion? Actually, a couple of them look, look quite good. But then there's a couple of very old drag queens. Somebody who grew up watching drag in the London pubs. It was the best entertainment ever. It really was. I mean, some of it was so good. It's still good, isn't it? It's still, but you don't get it so much in the London pubs anymore. It's sort of, it's disappeared off. There used to be years ago, acts like, well, of course it's in Brighton. Brighton's about 15 years behind with the rest of the world. You know, arrive in Brighton and they're, they're still doing stuff from the 80s down there. You've probably still got the Disappointer Sisters going on and things like that. And Maisie Trollette is probably still hawking herself up on stage in a pair of crutches. I mean, it's, I used to see all these. We used to go around with um, drag queens called the Harley Queens. And they were, one was Welsh. And in fact, I put them on LBC because drag in London, we have a history in London of having loads of places. The cricketers in Battersea, they would, they would be on the bar. 
they would actually be on the bar doing the, the act around the bar. And then, of course, uh, loads of places. Vauxhall Tavern was very famous indeed. Uh, there was the Royal Oak in Hammersmith. There were loads of places where you could go and see drag. And then all of a sudden, it sort of fizzled out a bit. And then a lot of the drag had to go blue. Um, blue meant that they could then do the stag shows. So they'd do their BFing and blinding. You'd always have the drag compare. Then you'd have a couple of strippers. And, and then you'd have another drag act who'd be on the bill. But I used to go and see a guy years ago called Mark Fleming. Mark Fleming was a big Jewish drag act. And he made a point of telling everybody he was a big Jewish mama. And uh, he used to appear with Mrs Shufflewick at the Black Cap in Camden. And it was the funniest thing ever. Mrs Shufflewick was very famous, uh, old Reg Jameson, as, uh, as the drag act who <laughs> was too drunk to appear. And uh, he was a big star in his day until the drink got him. And uh, he used to appear at the Black Cap completely off his, off his face. And people used to send drinks round to his dressing room. So by the time he got up on stage, he could sometimes blurt out two words and then he'd collapse. Mark Fleming used to come on in a filthy rage. All right, who got him drunk? <laughs> so they'd have to carry him off again. It was very funny. Happy days, happy days. And now the Black Cap in Camden Town is, is gone. How it was ever allowed to close, I've got no idea. Uh, I loyally listen, says Terry, to Mr Allen in Calgary. It's my favourite late show over here. 10pm, 5am in the UK. Wonderful, says Terry. So he is actually uh, in Calgary. I don't know, why do I Calgary? Do they, I mean, I know this is going to sound really stupid because I'm a bit naive on this, but in the back of my mind, do they have the Calgary Stampede? Do they have a Calgary, is it like a Wild West type show? I don't know why I've got that in the back of my mind. Somewhere in the back of my mind, in the dark recesses, which puts me into the position of a radio presenter, because you can remember all sorts of things. And as you have to keep talking for most of the time, then you have to sort of remember everything. And they do have it. There you go, the Calgary Stampede. Rain or shine, we ride side by side. And they do, you know, they have the, the Rangeland Derby, Buck the Line. They have all sorts of the Stampede Rodeo. They do everything, and it's all... And then they have a big grand show with showgirls and everything else. And uh, it looks great fun, actually, doesn't it? And they get, it's, all, it's all yee-haw and all that kind of... Oh, and they've got a fun fair and everything. And then they have sort of riding a bucking bronco. What are those things up there? They look like toffee apples, but not like toffee apples with Smarties on. I'm not sure about that, actually. I don't like the look of those at all. At least our ones are red. These ones look brown. But uh, love cowboys. I always imagine that... I mean, do they just dress up? And they've got Indians as well. They've got Indians. As well, at the Calgary Stampede. Lovely. I love stuff like that. It does, it does strike me as you're sort of going back to a different era. A bit like going to Brighton. Uh, well, it is, isn't it? I mean, Brighton is a bit old-fashioned. It is. There's lots of elderly dowagers down there in Brighton. In a sort of a wonderful setting your life back 30 years kind of way. Lots of, lots of faded old dowagers down. And that's just the men. Walking along the seafront going, I remember when it was so much better. A bit like Danny LaRue, isn't it? Danny LaRue. <laughs> I don't know if Danny LaRue ever played Brighton. I'm sure he must have done at some point. Do they have drag in Brighton as well? Are they really? Good heavens above. Loads. Four bars with drag in. God. Wow. So you wouldn't have thought, actually, that there was enough sort of call for it. But I think for some strange reason, women, as well as men, are fascinated by men who dress up as women. You know, not so fascinated with sort of, you know, the Thai lady boys, because that's taken it a little bit too far, but sort of men who sort of dress up in drag and do an act, either a live act or a mime act, a lot of mime acts out, where you sort of learn clips. I mean, I remember years ago, Lily Savage working and, uh, and would work six places in one night, 
Literally, Paul O'Grady, I think, was one of the hardest working people. Six places in, uh, in one night. Uh, should we be allowed to drink in flight? Most of you seem to think no. We don't need it, do we? Well, I'm hoping we don't need it. The lotto winner's ex. Oh, what a moaning old misery. It turns out he was going out with one of the girls. She finished with him before they won the money. And now he's moaning to all the papers that, you know, she finished with me and now they've got £12 million each. Bloody, 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 blah. Uh, decades of fame taking its toll on, uh, on troubled Will Young. Samantha Fox's big secret. She's going to write a book. That'll be exciting, won't it? I took my kit off at 16 years old, then turned lesbian. End of story. That's it. There's nothing else in between. It's just a page three girl. And cataracts. The answer, just wear dark glasses, apparently. That's a lot easier. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Friday. It's the 5th of August. I can't believe it's the 5th of August. Can you? Seriously. I mean, it only seems like a short while ago we were singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing and uh, enjoying fireworks. And now we're heading... Well, it's getting closer and closer, isn't it, uh, as we get into the festive season. Uh, And this weekend's going to be quite nice. The weather's going to be good for you, so you might as well enjoy it while it's there, because you'll probably find next week we're back to the rain. Very miserable. Orlando's nude pictures hit the internet. I mean, I don't know why they, why they pixelate them. It really is very bizarre. I suppose you're allowed to see dead bodies in the pages of the papers, but they can't show you a naked person. All very worrying. Daniela Westbrook claims all her teeth have been removed. It's not her fault. Of course, it never is, is it? And uh, the decades of fame taking its toll on Will Young. Can't imagine why. He always seems so sensible to me. Comes from a very good family, you know, very well-heeled family. Why would it take its toll on him? Where's it all gone wrong? Should you be allowed to drink in flight? I think we've all decided. Well, I mean, I've decided, and what I say goes, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's a case of you don't need a drink on a flight. If, if you say to somebody... I mean, you don't get on a bus, do you, and go, oh, shall I have a small gin and tonic, actually, conductor, if you're coming back this way? You don't do that, do you? You don't, you don't sit on a bus. If you manage to do a bus and a coach trip... Why on earth should you get on a plane and have it? And also, it would save an awful lot of time and trouble for the poor cabin crew to have to get... Oh, seat 13B, another large gin and tonic. There you go, sir. Thank you. Thank you for flying British Airways. Love you. Thank you. So put that in the overhead locker for you? Go back. I hate him. He's tried to... Oh, awful, isn't it? They have to put up with an awful lot. They have to put up with an awful lot. Uh, Tom Daly's new swimwear. It's had to be redesigned to make sure that he doesn't fall out of it. And the reason is I want to fall out of it, because it has happened before, when he dived into the pool and his shorts kind of left him. His swim trunks left him, and of course there are cameras everywhere. And he said in this day and age, there are cameras all over the place. I know, as Orlando Bloom has discovered. Although, I, to, be, to be honest with you, having seen the pictures, if I was Orlando Bloom, I wouldn't mind being seen naked. You know, you don't get my drift. Of course you do. Uh, Brendan Cole ruled out of replacing Len Goodman. Apparently they say he's too cocky. No, he's not. He'd, he'd be far more intelligent than having to put up with Tony Beak. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, the hunt for the hit and run scum. This is a very odd story. I'll bring you this hour. It really is odd. It happened in a car park. And it's a car that was sitting there waiting for somebody to go into the car park. And then they tried to run them down. They don't know them. They're not, they're not connected in any way, shape or form. Pokemon Go, a pain in the neck, they're saying nowadays. And the baby born on a roundabout. The baby born on a roundabout. I don't know, we get these sort of stories, don't we? And uh, it's, uh, we, sort of, we quite like them. I suppose you can have babies born just about anywhere, can't you? Uh, there's a very good uh, museum in Fort Worth, says Chris. The most impressive, bron- impressive bronzes I've ever seen. Brought me to tears. Yes, I mean, I do, I, it's, it's an old-fashioned thing, isn't it? I mean, I like bison. I know it's, you know, it's a, slightly odd, I realise, and I know that we do have them in this uh, country. Uh, Lee says, re-boy bands. It's a scary thought, but all these feeble bands emerging every week within five years, seasoned Peter Andre could be proclaimed king of rock and roll. 
I think unlikely. <laughs> I, think, I don't think we're ever going to get to that stage. I mean, put it this way, he's not even appearing at Brighton Pride. And they generally pick people like that, you know, so they've got Sister Sledge this year, which is, you know, top of the pops, and because uh, they're sort of very current. But uh, no, no, Peter, because Peter had loved appearing down there. Yeah, Peter Andre loves you. Mysterious boy. You know, it would have to be, wouldn't it? He couldn't actually do Mysterious Girl. It wouldn't quite have worked the same way. We don't, Pete's gone very quiet recently. He did say that he was managing to stay off television. I think that was basically the producers saying the same thing. The Calgary Stampede, says Terry. Re it, nine months after Stampede, the maternity wards are full. It's that wild. Whoopee! <laughs> it's just, that's the only thing I remember it for. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that you, in the back of your mind, in the dark recesses, and if you work in this game, you've got to have a fairly good memory. Sometimes I'm not particularly good at remembering certain things, but, but, you're very good at remembering things for me. Sometimes I've just mentioned part of a tune, and immediately people go, I know what that is. And you think, that's really clever. That's the advantage of radio. Everybody pulls together. We might not have a phone-in show, because, to be honest with you, I can't really be bothered. And uh, it's so much easier to do this than all of a sudden sort of talking to somebody, because it, it slows it down, as I explained the other day. But um, it's, uh, it's quite nice, actually. Uh, people talking the other day about, all of a sudden, we've now ended up with men-only swimming pools. Up in, we had it the other day, that they're doing Muslim men-only sessions. And I couldn't quite understand why. We've sort of managed to get through everybody swimming along quite happily up until now. And all of a sudden now the sort of women are segregated and men. Since when did that happen? Since when did that happen? I thought we were all supposed to be equal in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Joseph is driving to Cornwall. Must be holiday, mustn't it? Is everybody still on holiday? Are the kids still on holiday? I know the buses are fairly empty. That's always a good sign, I think. And I went out the other day because I bought a pair of trousers. I don't know why. I never know what size waist to buy. Seriously, my waist goes up and down like the sort of like a dredger on the Thames. I mean, I, I seriously, if somebody said to me, what's your waist size? I was like, no idea. But the sooner they bring in elasticated waist for men, the happier I'm going to be. Uh, I'm surprised you're not suggesting Naked Leapfrog as the new game for television. Well, as you know, I was at school, the leader of the, uh, well, after school, leader of the over 35 nudist leapfrog team. That was uh, that was part of my thing. I did actually, I did streak some years ago when streaking was very popular. And I have sat on the Brighton nude beach. I don't recommend it. The little Volks railway slows right down so that all the people on there can go. And I used to stand up and wave with my hands behind my back. And, uh, and just, just so the people on the train would get the full benefit of the Steve Allen experience. And uh, I don't know why we did it. We went and sat on this nude beach. It's all stones. It's serious. You have to trek for ages and ages. So it's easier probably to get the Volkswagen. We get off and then just walk down over the dune. And it's just the other side. And there is the oddest assortment of naked people you've ever seen in your entire life. And we used to sit there, start naked. Seriously. I mean, only because there was nobody around. I wouldn't have done it if the thing had been... If it had been really busy, I wouldn't have taken my clothes off at all. But I did used to stand up because the Volks Railway was just far enough away for people not to... Unless they had binoculars, I don't know. In which case, they might have perhaps seen something that they shouldn't have done. Or perhaps they wanted to. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I have I have done nudity. And I did do streaking years ago. Streaking was, it was very big. You remember Ray Stevens had a record called The Streak. It hit the charts. And it became very popular in America where you would take your clothes off and you would run down the street, start naked. And they did it at Twickenham. Erica Rowe kicked it off, a lady with a rather large chest for sale, by the look of it. And she, she ran around, and then there's been various other people. They did it on this morning. Richard and Judy were there. And Richard went, oh, look, somebody there. And she went, where, where is it? Where? And she missed it completely. And it was somebody who jumped onto uh, Fred Talbot's weather map, start naked. But I think he'd been naked in loads of places. His name Mark, I think. 
and he'd done lots of, of nudie. And I did it in Harleston. I ran down, I went to the top of the road and I ran all the way down to the flat. It wasn't liberating at all. It was just slightly uncomfortable as everything moves about all by itself. It's not like you're holding it in one place. And uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, wait a minute. Uh, we could put Auntie Enid on a Channel 4 naked attraction dating show. She must have a skin like a basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, they, they did do... Do you remember they did... When they did blind dates, they every so often used to do an elderly person's blind date where they would bring on a lot of elderly ladies who were looking for love. And then they'd bring on a man who'd been round the block a few times. And uh, I thought that was quite nice. I don't think they ever did a celebrity one because you'd end up with the same people. You know, people like Janet Street Porter... You know, so boring. I don't want to see all these people. You know, Phil Tufnell. I don't really want to see Phil Tufnell. I certainly don't want to see Union J on a on a programme like that, a reality show. I mean, I really don't. But it must be very difficult to try and get, once you've been famous, to try and get back in again. I mean, look at poor old Daniela Westbrook. Now, no toof, Daniela Westbrook. I mean, old gummy Westbrook, they're going to be calling her very shortly. And so she's, uh, she's sort of out there now telling people she's got no teeth. Well, get some false ones put in, dear. Stop moaning about it. It's always me, 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 me. It's a bit, a bit, bit, uh, a bit boring, actually, I'm afraid. Very boring. Uh, right, some more of your texts and emails. Here we go. A party game, Naked Twister. Yes, if it naked... Oh, I'm not sure about Naked... I don't think that'd be very exciting. Does it mean... So? Have you ever played Twister? You ever done Twister? Oh, does it? Oh, right. Oh, as long as Keith Chegwin isn't playing. I don't think I'd want to play with anybody, actually, Naked Twister. I think you'd have to sort of play by yourself, wouldn't you, really? I'll be on a three-hour train journey from Cumbria to London at the weekend, Stephen, and drink will be on sale. Uh, I understand the calls to ban booze, but it's another case of the few spoiling it for the many well-behaved. Yes, I mean, I do believe that there are... I agree with you absolutely, Robbie, that there are people who can get on a plane and have one or two drinks, which will see them the other side. There are other people who chuck it down like there's no tomorrow, and then they have issues. And I've seen people on drink, and some people are very good... Some people are very bad. I'm particularly good. I just become immensely tactile. That's my big downfall. I'm terrible on drink. I become tactile. Ask any of my friends. They will tell you, don't give him too much drink. He goes from being, you know, the prime of Miss Jean Brodie to being, I just want to be with you kind of thing. And it's a bit scary, so don't ever get Steve Allen drunk. It's not the kind of thing you would like, I promise you. Very tactile. I can't help it. I don't know why. It's not something that's particularly scary. It's just that I'm, I do get very tactile. I don't know. Perhaps it goes back to childhood, actually. Uh, very funny, says Paul the Trucker, the Steve Allen experience. It is an experience being Steve Allen. It's, it's quite a responsibility, as you can well imagine, especially with the huge increase in the audience figures. Especially. I mean, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but, you know, we have done particularly... And on Sunday morning, and on Saturday morning, because you know I'm here tomorrow morning as well, I just want to sort of remind you that tomorrow morning you get the best of Steve Allen... I don't know who's putting that together. This Oh, you're putting it together, aren't you? The best of Steve Allen. So Dave's doing it. So if there's any mistakes, write, write to Dave. Don't write to me, please. But anyway, he won't care because he's busy in Brighton. He'll be priding it this weekend. Are you wearing a specific outfit? Do you have an outfit for pride? No? Will you be taking your shirt off? Oh, oh that sounded like maybe a yes. That became like a little yes, I think. <laughs> will, you have a, will you have a whistle? <laughs> Most people who go to Pride have a whistle. I can't, I can't quite work out the why in a million years. If you're going to be in a parade... Are you on a float? Are you on a float? You're not. You're, oh, because you're, you're presenting a show. You could present your show from a float, couldn't you, really? 
you could do that. I know there will be floats there. So, so will you be sort of doing your show and then going out to participate and seeing all the dregs that are left? What time does your show finish? Two o'clock. Oh, God, there'll be people comatose everywhere by that time. You'll have your pick of anything. That'll be... I always get them when they're flat on their backs on the pavement. It's so much easier that way. Saves them to buy them a drink, doesn't it, really? Uh, look out for trousers and chinos in Martin Spence with active waistband, says Stan. I've heard of this. I've heard of active waistband. This is what they call... In my day, I remember having a pair of jeans which had an elasticated waist. And it was in case you put it... You know, sometimes you go out and it's just like... Mm, just managed to get that last button done up. And uh, but uh, Stan says for anybody whose waist uh, whose uh, waist goes up and down and the weight goes up and down, you need elasticated trousers. Ladies get them in velour tracksuits, very popular, and uh, and they do make them for men as well. But you have to be a little bit more discreet about them. Now I don't know today for sort of posh afternoon tea whether or not to wear a Tommy Bahama shirt or to go sort of casy casy pair of pair of chinos or something like that. I don't know. I have to think about it. It's such a such a dilemma, isn't it, to try and think about everything that's going on over the weekend. My friend Paul Cooper had a stack of things to uh, to do over this weekend, and he was getting very stressed out with it the other day. I said we had to do his. We did a box up for his mum and everything else. It was all it was all, all quite nice, actually, very nice. Uh, Malcolm reckons that Daniela Westbrook's trying to qualify for the Jeremy Kyle show by having her teeth out. Yes, it's not. I'll, I'll tell you why she's had them out. She says it's an infection, um, and nothing to do with her. Like, I think I think it is obviously to do with you. Uh, Dorman Dom's having breakfast. He says, I don't want to think about you naked. No, I mean, I don't. Nobody wants to think about me naked. Seriously, nobody thinks about me. Na- nobody ever. You don't ever ask people around the building. So what do you think Steve Allen looks like naked? They don't, nobody ever, ever, ever talks about things like that. I mean, it makes you look as though, you know, they're going to be going to HR anytime soon. And uh, I remember Peter talking about how he loves his food on Good Morning Britain. And uh, saying all the years of looking after himself has helped him look the way he does now. And despite what he eats, he then he has a really uncomfortable look at the camera. Well, you remember he he does a, a ca- he does a calendar, Peter Andre, every year. And they always do it in some way where he's got a freebie holiday with the, with his uh, children because Pete loves his kids. And um, and then I remember was it last year the year be- the year before last I think they go out there and he's in a swimming pool and so he has to sort of not eat for about a week before he goes out there so that he can look buff, and then they put him in the swimming pool. But they always, they always give him a sock to stuff down his swimming trunks. He had a, they actually asked on television, they said, has anybody got the sock? And they asked to put the sock down his swimming... I mean, how embarrassing is that? Poor little soul, honestly. Not so much bungalow as Maisonette. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Very good at Quidditch, she is. She's got her own broomstick, so she's fine. She's, uh, sometimes she parks it on the Sunday morning. I'm trying to avoid her now. She's very clingy with me. Every time she sees me, she wants to kiss me and everything else. It's really very unnecessary. I've had a word with HR, but, you know, these things never go any further. Uh, on Nick Ferrari at breakfast, because you get, uh, you get the, the weekend breakfast team, which is Andrew Castle, followed by Katie Hopkins. It's a match made in hell. It works perfectly well for us. But uh, we get Nick Ferrari today. Interest rates are cut in a bid to ward... Uh, a Brexit recession. Will it make people regret their decision to leave the, uh, leave the EU? You can hear Nick's interview with the Governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, as Dame Lowell Goddard resigns as the head of the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse. Nick will be asking, what next for the investigation? Find something else. Find somebody else to do it. That's the third one, isn't it? The third one, who's actually... It's cost £18 million so far. We have, we're no nearer. No nearer. And what next for the investigation? Who knows? 
Who knows? Five years on from the London riots, Nick looks back and the events and those who were affected by them. And John Cushing is in Rio to give an update on the latest Olympic news and talk us through what to expect in the opening ceremony. Caroline Wheeler, political editor, Sunday Express, with Nick this morning looking at the papers. My friend Joel, he's got a picture of his boy Jesse doing his best Steve Allen show impression. Thank you very much indeed. Perching the glasses on the end of his nose like that. Very cruel. And then it was repeated by James Hall as well, who's, who's doing something interesting somewhere, and I can't remember actually what. He's, he, he does Snapchat, but as I'm none the wiser on Snapchat, I, don't, I can't do Snapchat. I can't do anything like that. I'm not very good at anything like that, apparently. Uh, Angela says, apparently, another radio station has lost a million listeners. Where have they gone? Hello? Probably listening to this one, I should imagine. And, um, and, and Neil reckons that, uh, that Joel's son, Jesse, looks like he's reading the news. <laughs> I don't know why. Dean says, not that you need anything to talk about. Bit of a shocker on E4's coach trip yesterday. Uh, I'll have to watch that a little bit later on. And, uh, and uh, the Royal Lodge Estate. The Royal Lodge That sounds a bit posh, doesn't it? The Royal Lodge Estate. Anyway, so you want to be a celebrity by Steve Allen arrived today, taking it away with us this weekend. I wonder what Royal Lodge Estate is. I've got no idea. Formerly part of the Duchy of Lancaster. It's a bit exciting, isn't it? Am I now being read in royal circles? Go oh, hope so. That'd be very exciting. I secretly think the Queen's had a copy of my book for ages. I think she's probably probably delved into it uh, on one or two occasions. And uh, uh, apparently Buster says, saying thank you to the bus driver is de rigueur in Brighton because the door is always at the front of the bus. You still don't have to talk to them, do you? You don't have doors in the middle of buses. Is that to stop people fiddling the fares and sort of jumping on and off and things like that? Oh, yeah, we have that in, in uh, here as well, actually. We have that here. Some of the buses have got doors at the front and some have got front and middle. And then I, I love it when, when, when the ramp comes out, which I think is, is brilliant. You know, the ring and it makes noises and everything else. It's fantastic. Uh, Joseph says, uh, forget the aeroplane. The Brits are instantly recognisable by being sat at 7am in the airport's weather spoons with a pint. I don't know how anybody could drink alcohol at seven o'clock in the morning. I mean, I really don't. I really don't. I couldn't drink alcohol at seven in the morning unless it was really, really, you know, forced on me, (laughs) which I think is unlikely. And uh, Will, he says the 4am spike is looking majestic. It is, isn't it? It's quite noticeable. It's quite noticeable this time round. I mean, it, well, it's, it's noticeable every other time, Will, but on this particular occasion, it is, it's very noticeable. So I'm always grateful for that, always grateful. I never underestimate the power of the spike, which is, uh, and as I said yesterday on the Twitter, best ever. Thank you very much indeed. Very happy about that. Uh, oh, 5.15, that's what I missed, didn't I? Nobody reminds me about these things. Wait a minute. Uh, it's uh, Anisha, whose friend Simon is, uh, is in the car at the moment. He just got married to a man called Dwayne. What, just now? How have you managed that now? I'm still hoping to be your future chauffeur. He'll pick you up door to door and not make you walk up the road. Also, make sure I find you. There you go, Anisha. So, Simon and, uh, and Dwayne, we expect, uh, we, we expect pictures to be sent of weddings and things like that. Uh, did you know that Greg's are bringing out a gluten-free range? Yes, I absolutely did, because we mentioned it on the programme uh, the other day. Apparently, uh, Samantha says, we took some clients... To one of the best spas in the world, which is at the Grove, favoured by, favored by the England football lot. And one of the ladies refused to have a massage by a man rather than a masseuse. So I had to take the slot. It was weird and awkward. So I chatted through the whole thing, which kind of takes away from the experience. Do you like massage? I hate massages. I absolutely hate massages. Absolutely hate them. I don't want anybody. Oh, God, no. Fills me with horror. Why do people like massages? It's not normal. It really is. It's, you shouldn't have them. 
It's not, it's, you don't need them. You really don't need them. Do you, have you had massages? You love them, do you? Oh, dear. What for? What for? Is it some sort of sexual experience or something? Do you do it with your pants on or off? <laughs> Many on? Well, how can you have a massage with your pants on? That's a bit silly, isn't it? Dear me. Don't they... Ma- well, they have to... They massage quite low down, don't they? Yeah. Oh. Keeps his pants on while they do the massage. That must be a bit odd for them. Are they, are they, are they Hungarian or are they Polish? Because a friend of mine has just come back from Champneys and he said that most of the staff down there were Hungarian who uh, doing all the massages and everything else. And he said but he thought an England football team turned up because a coach turned up with all these people in their wags and then they hung around a bit. Then they all disappeared because it's... Well, I don't, I've, I've seen the Turkish massage. That's the ones with a lot of soap and slapping, isn't it? Oh, that one at all sounds horrid. But the other massage where they're sort of kneading you and uh, I, I don't fancy that one either. You keep your pants on there. Well, there you go. <sighs> a little bit prudish, I suppose. You know, it doesn't matter, though. If that's what floats your boat. It's fine, but I, don't, I really don't like them. I don't get any pleasure out of a massage at all. But I've got a lot of friends who actually like doing these sports massages. So if you've got aching, but I'd rather ache, to be honest with you, than take my clothes off in front of somebody. I, it's not me at all. Uh, Steve, uh, why do all the white kids talk with Jamaican accents? Uh, I don't know. I've seen kids on the television. It all started with that bloke from A17, didn't it? Where he sort of started ta- talking like this. Brian Harvey. And, and it turned... No, not Brian Harvey. It wasn't Brian Harvey. Brian Harvey was when I fell out of the car. Who was the other one? He used to have his trousers halfway down his bottom. He then went on to do a programme about a farm or something. Definitely wasn't... Brian Harvey was the one who fell out of the car and went out with Daniela Westbrook. That was the meeting of the minds, wasn't it? The meeting of the minds. It was... Um, oh, what's his name? He had a programme, he was in E17, and his name was... Oh. Oh, perhaps he wasn't in E17. No, definitely not Robbie... Was there not somebody else, Brian Harvey? No. What was his name? I can't remember. Come on, somebody will know. Somebody will know. Actually, there's a, there's a bit about uh, E17. Only 30 people turned up for a gig. This was the one... Abs. Abs Bream. Abs Bream. From five, that's right, when he was one of those groups. Absbury. And he sort of like, talked like this. And he comes from Enfield. I mean, talk about plank. Oh, dear me. I don't know why they do that. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, people call it, yeah, man. And all the, they think, I'm sorry you come from Twickenham. Yeah, man, because wicked. Sorry? What are you talking about? People are like that. Mike in Finchley says, I'm in a wheelchair. And that wheelchair ramp you speak of and that noise is the bane of my life. Especially when there's a mother with a buggy on the bus. Mm, don't talk to me about that. And uh, anyway, uh, the, the waistband is a posh name for a bit of elastic on either side of your waist. You can go and eat without fear of having to undo the top button. I do do that, actually. I have done it. I have undone the top button in a restaurant. And you think, I'll oh, just undo the top. And it's all of a sudden like, oh, love. Well, it doesn't affect you, does it? Why would it affect you? You're not like you're carrying loads of weight. Tight jeans. Tight jeans to keep my pants on for a massage. Slightly disturbing. Too much information, I think, at this this time of the morning. Mark in Birmingham, somebody's got to live there, says, your show is my guilty pleasure. What do you drink? I drink pear cider. Oh, God, why do I get the alcoholics at this time of the morning? Pear cider. Wasn't that... Now, wait a minute, now you've reminded me. There was um, an advert years ago for something called... Pear-drax or Cidrax. And it was, I drink cider when I dry. That's all I remember. And it was a pear cider, and I'm sure it was called Cidrax. I don't know why. Again, one of these strange things that sort of detaches itself from the back of your mind and throws itself out through your mouth, and it goes Cidrax. And I'm sure that was pear cider. 
Well, perhaps there was another name for it, pear cider. It sounds a bit naff, but at the same time, it sounds actually quite appealing because I've never drunk cider. Because cider is apples, isn't it? Well, I thought it was. And so if you have pear cider, it's presumably the same process, but made with, with pears. I'm assuming that's how it works. It sounds quite nice if it's really nicely chilled. But do you have it with anything else? Do you add something? Do you add a shot to it or something like that? Nothing on there? Nothing on there about it? Oh, oh well. Obviously, I was up the wrong alley, as they say, without a paddle. I was only saying that to Orlando Bloom the other day. If only you'd taken your paddle away. You know, nothing to be ashamed of. Believe you me, nothing to be ashamed of at all. And uh, so, uh, and I like the odd snowball, says Mark in Birmingham. You're coming over a slightly camp now. Pear, you know, pear, pear cider and a snowball is kind of borderline whoopsie, I'm afraid. <laughs> I can't, can't help you in that one. And in Birmingham, which I always thought was a terribly butch place. I don't know. Uh, a great outdoor game is swing ball. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Going back to, uh, to streaking again, aren't we, I'm afraid. Uh, I always say thank you to the bus uh, driver, Steve, when I get off. Really? Oh, right. It's obviously far more, far more prevalent. People saying thank you to the bus driver. I don't know why. Perhaps I'll start doing it today. Thank you. Actually, on a couple of bus drivers, a couple of buses that I go on where I know the bus drivers, they do say hello, Steve. So I, I, I get that. I get that. So, and, but I, I never say, thank you, driver. I always think that sounds a bit silly, doesn't it? What to, well, I would sit on... Uh, I'm, well, yesterday I got the bus back from Richmond and I sat right behind the driver because then I can pretend I'm driving it. So I've got one of these plastic stick-on wheels and I sort of... And I go round the corners and everything else, which you used to have as a kid. Do you remember that? And you go, oh, I'm driving the car. No, you're not, but it frightened the police. And, and then... But normally... I have to try and get down the bus before they lurch away from the bus stop because I'm sure it's a concerted effort that some of them have got to see who they can knock over first. So you're clinging on to the... Even when I'm getting off the bus, I ring the thing to get off and then I wait till it comes to a stop before I stand up because otherwise you're all over the place, really. Me with my little shopping. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, a couple of stories in the papers today. Uh, one referring to the lotto winners who got £61 million the other day. Now we've got the boyfriend of one of the girls whose mother won the money, uh, saying, oh, she finished with me just before this, and then they win all that money, as if it's going to make any difference. It had nothing to do with it. But he's droned on to anybody who'll listen. Uh, Britain will succeed after the EU exit, we're being told. Uh, One in 14 people, when questioned, say they were sexually abused as a child. Now, I don't know... It's... I don't know what the term for abuse is. And I, I, had, I struggled with this some time ago. If you, if you, let me put a hypothetical situation to you. If you go into a nightclub at the age of, say, 16, and you meet, or 17, or whatever it is, 18, or whatever, whatever age you come out at, and you meet somebody in there, and then you go back to their place and, and, uh, and something occurs, is that then seen as an abuse? Because otherwise, every single person has, has, has had sex at an earlier... Well, most people. I'm going to generalise by saying everybody has. But you have to put down... What, what's the difference between having sex and something that's... Abu- is abuse against your wishes? Is that, so, in other words, if, if, if somebody does it and you go, don't do that, that's then an abuse. Because that's quite high, isn't it? One in 14 sexually abused as a child. Or is this people who think they were abused as a child? Because I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of this. Do you remember there were all those kids taken away some years ago from families, I think, in, uh, in the Shetlands? Because the, uh, the social worker claimed that they'd been abused. And it turned out they hadn't been abused at all. They had marks on their bodies, but it was nothing to do with this. And, and we have horrendous stories in the papers. But when you see one in 14 was sexually abused as a child, you have to ask yourself the question. Do you think you were or do you think you weren't? 
you have to think back to the age that you had sex. And I suppose if it was with an older person, does that then come down as an abuse? And also, what what age difference does it have to be? Are you only supposed to go out with people who are the same age as you? It's, it's such a such a minefield, isn't it? I mean, it really is. And now that we've had this uh, this latest uh, woman step down over the child sexual abuse case, this is Dame Lowell Goddard. This is the third one. I mean, is there something in this that, that we should be told, or is it just so horrendous that we, we shouldn't be told and they don't want to go ahead with it? Because they must have known what what was to be expected. £18 million we spent so far. Nick Ferrari will talk about it later on this morning. Simon and Dwayne, thank you. We have the wedding picture back. That was fast. That was fast. Very smart. Very smart. Rented suits? I suspect one... Actually, both very smart suits, actually. Both very smart suits. And, uh, and both looking very happy. So that was fast. I love this this business, isn't it? You know, when you, you ask for something and all of a sudden it sort of comes back uh, straight away to you. Does anybody remember? I remember drinking years ago, and you probably will not remember it, but it was called Royal Mint Chocolate Liqueur. And it was a, a liqueur, like you know, lots of other things, only this one tasted like after eights. It was a clear liquid. And you only had a little bit. It's a bit like dessert wine. But it was called Royal Mint Chocolate Liqueur. And I remember finding a bottle in a bar once. And I tried a bit and I went, oh, goodness me, this was like the best thing ever. I've never found it since. Never found it since. Uh, you mentioned an hour ago the operation to have cataracts removed cost about four grand. I thought it's free on the NHS, or have I missed something? Uh, unfortunately, the NHS are not really doing it unless you're practically blind. Uh, if you've got private medical insurance, which I haven't, because uh, I'm, I'm looked after by the NHS, but you've, you've I think, also... Uh, on this, they, they, they've done a big feature in the Express over the last three days about cataracts and how people are not having them done because unless you're practically blind, they're, they're doing other surgery instead, even though it's uh, fairly uh, fairly quick. I mean, in terms of operations, it's about 40 minutes, I think. But you can have it done privately, so that's why. I know you love Christmas, says Padita. The 25th of December is my birthday, which was slightly frustrating as a young girl. But now I love it, as at 30, I'd rather bury... My birthday within the celebrations. You'll hate it when you get to my age then. you hate it. It's at the ageing process. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day who hates the ageing process. Absolutely hates it. It's one of those things that go, oh, you start getting older and things start dropping off. And then you start thinking... I mean, I, I have started worrying. Not worrying, but I have started thinking about it a bit more on how many years have I got left. Well, put it this way. I don't think I've got 20 years left. So I'm obviously sort of into the twilight zone because there's no way that I'm going to live for 20 more years. So, you know, start cutting it down. Am I going to live for another 10 years? Bet unlikely. So how many have I got left? Perhaps I better start hoovering a bit more at home. I don't want to miss out on anything. (laughs) Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Matthew remembers Cadbury's chocolate wine. Never heard of that at all. Um, Another one here. Uh, Michael says, have you heard the saying, bring back hanging? Abolish underpants. I do know people, it's called going commando, apparently. I don't quite understand why anybody would ever want to do it. And um, it's, it's, Mike says, it's probably because you're talking about being naked. Well, I'm not sort of making a big deal about it, but I thought, if you have a massage, if you go for one of these massages, you generally take everything off, don't you? Not the producer. Keeps his pants on. But apparently loves massage. Slightly odd, that, isn't it, really? I don't know how anybody could ever, ever love massage in a million years. I know people do. If you've got a bad back, of course, it's absolutely standard. You go and get a, a good sports massage or something like that. I just don't like the idea. just don't like the idea. Uh, cider slush puppies are very widely available. The dark fruit one is especially nice, says Robbie. It's not really cider, though, is it? Isn't it pretend? 
isn't it pretend cider? I know, I know they, 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 it's just cider flavour, isn't it? I think. Uh, there's a forthcoming event on Sunday the 7th, 10 till 4 at Basingstoke Memorial Park. The Basingstoke Strikers Disabled Adults Football Tournament. God, that sounds like a barrel of laughs, doesn't it? But people are coming from miles. Woking, Portsmouth, Southampton, all over the place. All to play football. And it's a fun day out. And they've got a tombola. Uh, you can pick your own prize. Oh, I like that idea, actually. Of having your own prize, you know, I used to I used to buy loads of tickets at you know whenever you used to go to my godchildren's Christmas fair in their little schools, you buy loads of because the kids are manning all the stalls. And you go, I'll have ten tickets. They go, ten tickets. You go, yeah, and then you come away with a jar of peanut butter or something like that. I always put, you know, if it's really naff, I put it back in again. The amount of times that OK fruity sauce bottle going my way, uh, uh, they've got all sorts of things, stalls, stocks. You want to put your mum and dad in them. Uh, and uh, if you can spread a bit of your magic on us, it will be appreciated, says uh, Linda. So there you go. For ba- oh, it's Basing. I've just realised, of course, it's Basingstoke, isn't it? We don't. It's where you grew up. Well, that explains a lot, doesn't it, really? We've talked about Basingstoke. And so I, I used to drive around the roundabouts in Basingstoke just for fun. It really is the worst place, honestly. Basingstoke. See Basingstoke and die, they used to say, didn't they? And people who live in Basingstoke can't wait to get out of it. But in fact, you're the second person in this building I know. Who works? Who, who who came from Basingstoke? My, my friend Chris, who does a program over there, his uh, producer Pippa, she's from Basingstoke. She's Basingstoke as well. Poor person, honestly. I have to lid that down. I say, I haven't seen a statue in Basingstoke. What what sort of statue is it? Okay, show me. It'll be the best one we've obviously seen this morning. So I'm going to give you another plug again, Linda, because I think if it's, you know, the Basingstoke Strikers Disabled Adults Football Tournament, then I think you need a big, big up from us at LBC. So people coming from, from Port... Good God in heaven. What is that? Is that the statue? But what, what on earth is that one at the bottom? No. What is, what is it? Yeah, that one. What's it supposed to be? It looks like something out of Easter Island from the front, from the back... It's supposed to be a mugger, a mother holding her child. Is it really? It's funny, it doesn't look at all like that, does it, really? Yes, slight, well, slightly, yes, if not interesting. And it's called the Wote Street Willie Statue. Is that the nickname for it? That's basic, my God, look at that place it's in, a shopping precinct where most of the shops look empty by the, by the look of it there. There's a lot of empty shopping in Basingstoke, poor souls. But we'll, 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 we'll plug you at the Memorial Park. So a fun day out, and that's Sunday the 7th. So it must be this, this coming Sunday, isn't it? Uh, from 10 till 4, and uh, all the family, barbecues, games, tombola and everything. There you go, go and support Basingstoke, please, somebody. All of you, go there. And there's probably parking as well, which is quite nice, actually. And um, uh, my friend Ian says, congrats on, the, congrats on the continued spike. He says, I read LBC, I read LBC had a stormer. Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Best ever, I think. Best ever. Which is quite nice. But I, I always try and keep it under, under control. It's so easy, isn't it, to jump? And I'm sure they had cake in here yesterday, but I didn't see any. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's always nice when that happens, but I like to keep it under control a little bit, just in case one of these days it, it goes a bit pear-shaped. I'm not, I'm not thinking it's going to happen any time uh, soon. Uh, Steve, the worst part of advancing years, having, to, having your driving licence taken off, you're even worse, having to sit a retest. Not having a car, nightmare. Do you remember your stopping distances, says Tony? No. No. I, I learnt to drive at 16. I failed my driving test first time, and I've been driving ever since then. Uh, Tony says, I'm having both eyes done. 10th of August, the cataracts. Only this would I go private for. Otherwise, anything else. NHS, £6,700 total. 
£6,700 total for having his cataracts down. This is the Daily Mail story they've run for two days, saying that the NHS is cutting back on the amount of cataract uh, operations that they're doing because they want to spend the money on other operations. Now, if you've got cataracts, and I've got cataracts in one eye, it's clouding over. Not not noticeably, but for me it's noticeable. I notice it. I can feel it in, in my right-hand eye. And at the moment it's absolutely fine. I've got my glasses. And they said just wear dark glasses for the rest of the time. So they, I might sit in the office with dark glasses on later on. Mike Finchley says, my, my gran loves that liqueur. It's available in Tesco's. It now has a red and green label. Oh, right. Great week of shows, says CJ. Yes, I don't think we actually have... Oh, Kendall Mint Cake Liqueur. That looks quite nice, actually, doesn't it? Wow. And um, another one here. Just had a look at the resignation letter from Lowell Goddard on, the, uh, on a website. Three lines, then the reply from Amber Rudd saying how grateful we are for all she's done. Well, she hasn't done that much, has she, really, if she's sort of stepping down. And... Um, Talking about massages, don't you hate it when out socially with friends and randomly somebody decides, says Jeanette, to give you a shoulder massage? You know, where they sort of start going, it's a form of touching. It's a form of touching. That's all it is. It's just people want to get their hands on you. And I turn my head and with a stern, venomous voice say, hands off. Yeah, I've been there. Well, after I've had a few drinks, I do that. It's just, it's a, it's a way of sort of getting round, you know, sort of thing. Oh, let me just massage your shoulders and things like that. And you go, there we go. So, actually, sometimes that's good. If, if people have got, uh, you know, tense. Pete Murray uh, used to, could tell if your shoulders, Lowell. Would I say Lowell? All right, Lowell. Uh, people would sort of uh, do that and he'd say, oh, I can feel you're very tense. It's a big problem, though. Back pain, shoulder pain in this country. I mean, it really is absolutely a huge problem. Uh, my parents ran an off-licence. Says Shane on the way to drive his train. A proper one when I grew up. But gamers Sidrax and Pairdrax were non or very low alcohol versions. They came in big brown flagon bottles with black screw toppers in top. And uh, Pear Cider, known as Perry's. Very refreshing on a warm night. It isn't too strong, says CJ. Of course, I'm not at all surprised that most of you seem to know what this, uh, this Sidrax is and Pairdrax and everything else. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Have you ladies ever shaved your face? I know it's a very odd question, but in the Daily Mail today, Rachel Hunter um, has had her face shaved. And apparently it gives her now a glowing, a glowing face. Now, I didn't know. She says you can do it with sticky tape. I don't know. I mean, that sounds a bit like waxing, doesn't it? It doesn't sound very good. But uh, lots of people reckon this is the way forward. And uh, somebody has shaved her face with a cutthroat razor. So I suppose it's roughly the same as me sort of shaving in the morning, but I, I wet shave. And uh, they do this here. It's very popular in Japan because, ladies, in a certain light, you've got hair on your face. I don't know whether or not you're aware of it. I know that people have to sort of have a little bit of waxing of the little moustache under there. My auntie Enid is sporting a very nice handlebar moustache at the moment. Uh, but it's only because she won't go for the waxing. She's too old for that kind of thing now anyway. But you can go and have it all shaved. And then it, they go, wow, does my face look amazing? And I never actually thought about it. You've got to worry, haven't you? When you get to a certain age, hair starts sprouting from everything. It really is. The amount of things that are available for men now, which weren't available years ago, little thing like nose clippers and things for the hair coming out of your ears, and it's really quite ghastly. So when you go to the hairdressers, they always go, shall I trim your eyebrows? Which is a fairly popular thing to do. Or failing that, do you want your ear hair done? And so, as well as cutting your hair, 
I mean, they'll be offering an all-over waxing very shortly, you know, which is which is fairly popular. There is a, a, a place in uh, Covent Garden down the road from here, and they specifically do waxing for men. That's using the back and the other bits as well. And they do that. Very popular. Probably quite popular in Brighton as well, I should imagine, you know. If you can find anybody who'll take the pants off. Uh, if, of course, you can't, you're up a gum tree, aren't you? You really? Uh, not sure if it was the pear cider, says Keith. But the jingle, you remember, was for Idris. I drink Idris when I dry. When I know that's the only thing I remember, but I remember Pear Drax, but I can't remember why I remember Pear Drax because I never drank it. I never drank cider at all. I was not uh, not that sort of person. Bob's in Cleethorpes. You know, I've always wanted to go to Cleethorpes. Always wanted to go to Cleethorpes. It sounds quite nice actually. And you can get Royal Mint chocolate liqueur on Amazon. Says Bob. I think it would arrive in one piece because when somebody earlier on said that they drank. Uh, snowballs, that was the only stuff at Christmas, the Advocar, that you could drop the bottle and the liquid remained the same shape as the bottle. It was only brought in for an elderly aunt who wanted a snowball and then you could get ready-made snowballs and it was Advocar and lemonade and then you, you put a cherry on a stick inside it. I never quite got into it. It was always a bit like eggnog, isn't it? Makes me feel slightly queasy. But uh, the Royal Mint Chocolate Liqueur, says Bob in Cleethorpes, you can get. It's a seaside town, isn't it, Cleethorpes? It sounds like it. I'm hoping I'm right. I have been wrong in the past, but not not very often. You can get Monarch Chocolate Mint Liqueur from Amazon. Is it the same stuff, do you think? Uh, my wife works in a spa, says uh, says Simon. And um, she used to work in a luxury spa in the Caribbean, giving massages to many A-list Hollywood film stars, sports star, and even ex-US presidents. And, uh, and, and she says, please keep your pants on. So, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I, I thought that she gave you... Oh, there's a picture of Cleethorpes. Oh, it's quite nice, isn't it? They look like their old picture postcards. Look at, look at the cars. Look at the cars. Oh, look, they've got a pier. There's a pier in Cleethorpes and a little... F- That's nice, isn't it? Do you know, I think I'm going to end my days by the... Si- look at this. This must have been years ago. There's nobody on the beach. But isn't it lovely? You know, when you used to go... Do you remember as a kid? And your mum and dad would take you to the seaside for the day. And then you'd go down to the beach with your bucket and spade and you'd set up the windbreak. We went to Cromer with my Auntie Ivy, who has long since departed. And, um, and I've got a picture of us on the beach at, uh, at Cromer. Nobody on the beach for miles. We had a windbreak, flasks, and it was the first time that we got packets of crisps. Packets of crisps. Golden Wonder, Thruppence, 3D. You remember 3D, don't you? And we used to have these packets of crisps. And then we'd run down to the beach. I mean, cr- this looks lovely at Cleethorpe, doesn't it? It was quite a nice, tidy beach. I've always wanted a house or a, a sort of tea shop or a fish and chip shop that overlooks the sea. Because I think there's something quite, quite romantic about it. No, we like that. We, uh, that that's Cromer. We, we were further up. There weren't any houses where we were. In fact, there was nothing apart from just us. And you go running into the, into the water, you go, blimey, it's cold. That's a bit more like it. When, when the tide goes out, it's amazing how far out it gets. You'd have to walk miles to get to a bit of water. And then if you... We used to swim in the sea and I'm like, oh, no, salty water. Horrible. Anyway, uh, Simon says that Cristiano Ronaldo came in for a massage on Christmas Eve and turned up late, so she had to stay and wait. After he said she was the best he'd ever had and he left no tip. No tip. I think you must be quite lucky being married to somebody who can do massage. Because, I, ca- I mean, I tell people I can, but it's a, it's a cheap ploy, isn't it, really, just to get your hands on somebody. People go, oh, can you really do a massage, Steve? You go, yeah, yeah, of course. Can't really at all. <laughs> but, I mean, how else are you going to get somebody's clothes off? It's not going to happen yet another time, is it, really? Uh, Brighton Pride this weekend, uh, says Nicola. Uh, going up by train this year rather than the drive. Getting time for breakfast and the parade. I don't know what time the parade is, but I'm sure it'll be sort of lunchtime. Starts at 11. 
Is it a long parade? Do they have, is it sort of about three hours? Oh, Lord, I'd have to take medication. I'd have to take loads of things for that. They have seats where you can sit down and watch it. I don't want to stand. You have to stand. I wouldn't stand. I'd be standing, not at my age. Good heavens above, honestly. I'd have to sort of, I'd have to take a whistle as well, wouldn't I? I'd make sure I was sort of part of it. <laughs> uh, Steve says, Rob, the, the barbers I went to, they offered me a face pack at the end of the haircut. I quite like that idea of, of male services now being offered in, uh, in barbers. I think definitely. I walked four miles, says Ginny, trying to buy a Radio Times, but all the shops sold out. Do you have a spare copy? Sadly not. Sadly not. And uh, Linda says, thank you for the plug, which is good. Well, I, listen, if you can get people to Basingstoke for something, good luck to you. That's what I say. Um, another one here. Oh, yeah, John Warrington's going to be with Clive Bull on Sunday this week. I know that lots of John Warrington fans will be listening to the programme. And so he's going to be on with, uh, with Clive talking about um, holidays and places to go to and places not to go to. Uh, cataracts. Just wear dark glasses, a grandmother told. This is the Daily Mail campaign, Save Our Sight. Also, Dave's Dodgy Dozen, the 12 Faces of Cronyism. The Enforcer, Daniel Korski, operating in the shadows. He was on 93 grand a year. The speechwriter, Julian Glover, who's husband of the uh, Times columnist, Matthew Paris. Is he, I didn't even know Matthew Paris had another half. It always comes as a surprise to me. But... Um, very interesting, very interesting. So uh, all these are the stylist, who's Isabel Spearman, and uh, she moved her boss from high end to high street fashion. Sixty grand a year for a four day week. Uh, the chief of staff, Ed Llewellyn, got a peerage. The spin doctor, Craig Oliver, a knighthood at 47. Communications chief. So these people go on. I've also given it to the person who's swept outside. And then there's uh, Shami Chakrabarti. Why don't I like Shami Chakrabarti? There's something about her. I do not like, I don't know why, but they say, why did the priestess of high principle sell out? Yes, she sold out, she'd accepted a, a peerage. But uh, anyway, asked on a Jewish TV channel if she'd been offered a place in the Lord, she replied, you can ask the question, I'm going to evade it at this point. So it's a no then. And, uh, and when Kirsty Walk on BBC2 Newsnight asked her if a Labour peerage was in the offing, Sharmi shot back, I don't know, are you going to take one? Oh dear, not a pleasant person at all, is she really? Of course, the answer is she is. But there again, people knew that to start with. Uh, British staff betrayed in another foreign deal, I'm afraid. This time, it's uh, six days after vowing they wouldn't. Breweries move 500 jobs abroad. And the world's biggest brewers have made a disgusting use turn. Uh, within a week of a £79 billion merger. The British company, uh, Saab Miller, S-A-B Miller, which makes Fosters and Bass, and the Belgian rival, uh, Anheuser Busch in Bev, which produces Budweiser and Corona, struck the deal last Friday, so they're moving it abroad. So uh, about uh, 500 jobs will go. Tip of the iceberg. Uh, the American killed in the horror attack was due to fly home Hours later, uh, they've got a picture of the arrested person who was, in fact, known to the uh, to the not to the authorities, but known to the medical profession, to the social people. He was known and he was out on the street. And she lost her life. It's terrible, isn't it? We, we become so blase. We just go, oh, another person, just another person uh, dead on the streets. It's just not not good enough. Really isn't good enough. These, if these people are known, why are they not receiving the medical care, which they undoubtedly need? He went out and five other people were knifed. Five other people were knifed. It was absolutely dreadful. Uh, the ex-boyfriend missing out on a share of the £61 million lotto jackpot win. This is Dan White, who used to go out with Courtney. 
and Courtney's not going out. They actually finished a little uh, while ago. And then he obviously thought that he was in line for some of the money. I don't know why. She finished with him, and there's no guarantee that if you go out with somebody and they end up with £6 million, uh, or £12 million in her case, I think, that she's going to share it with somebody. So he's, uh, he's moaning about it. And then Andy Murray, who, uh, who gets to carry the flag for Team GB at tonight's opening ceremony, uh, got to stand next to Princess Anne. And she would, don't point that thing in my face. She was getting a little bit, uh, bit huffy about it, but luckily was able to smile afterwards. Uh, now the mystery of uh, Victoria Beckham's missing mouth. It's just, it's in an effort to keep her in the limelight, I suppose. They can't think of anything else. They never talk about her fashions or anything else like that. They just talk about um, her mouth. So, first of all, we've got the eyes, which you don't see very often because she hides behind glasses. Now she wears the silliest glasses. And uh, now she's hiding her mouth. Whether this was prior to her teeth being done, I don't know. But there's a picture of Simon Fuller. Simon Fuller is, is God. He is the mastermind. Seriously, you know, if anybody could mastermind the Beckhams better than Simon Fuller... I don't know who it is. Seriously. Uh, Steve. Oh, I'm being corrected, actually. Uh, pear cider and perry are two different things. They taste different. Camera will dispute the fact they are the same. Right. I don't, I don't actually. Listen, I, I really couldn't care less. I'm not remotely bothered. One's pears, one's apples. I don't mind. Ladies shouldn't shave their faces. The downy hair, says Georgia, protects your skin. If you really don't like the hair, you should have electros electrolysis or similar rather than shaving. Oh, right. I've heard of it. Yeah, but, I mean, each, each hair is one... It must take forever if you're having electrolysis, wouldn't you? I mean, that would be seriously, seriously a lot. I was evacuated to Doncaster, says Rose, at 11 years of age. The first time I'd been to the seaside. Went to Cleethorpe, so excited. Tide was out, walked for ages to find the sea. Still never saw it. How lovely. But you do have those happy memories, don't you? When you're a kid and you go to the sea, everything's different. Fish and chips taste different. The sand gets everywhere, and I mean everywhere. You know, and you've got your little windbreak. You used to have your lilo, and then the wind would get up, and you'd be chasing your lilo down the beach as it would blow away. We used to have a fairly thick lilo. I mean, to be honest with you, we were fairly puffed out by the time we'd blown half the pillow up. It was very exhausting. We'd get me paddle out, and then your brother would go, can I ever go on the lilo? No, I'm on it. Never wanted to share. Never wanted to share. You want, you want the lilo? Go and get your own lilo. Start messing around on mine. Anyway, coming up uh, very shortly, the news at six o'clock. It's LBC. It's Friday. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. You're very welcome. It's nice to have your company. Uh, should we be allowed to drink on aeroplanes? And the answer coming back from you is really no. Really no. It's not, it's not worth it. Daniela Westbrook's claimed all her teeth have been removed. Apparently nothing to do with her. I mean, honestly, I mean, what is the matter with this person? It's the me, me, me syndrome, isn't it? Uh, mine's 26 foot long, but I don't need it as a rule. A ruler. 26 feet of wrapping paper round a ruler. Sent from Amazon. Very worrying. Uh, cataracts. Uh, the advice that just wear dark glasses. And the probe that nobody wants to lead. Oh, and it's coming back. Those dancing feet. 42nd Street comes back to Theatre Royal Drury Lane very soon. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice heavy company. Welcome along to... Fr so professional on this programme, honestly, this morning. Because it's Friday. And because I've, I've got such a busy day. Seriously, my diary is so full, it's bursting. It is. And normally on a Friday, I quite like a day where I don't have to do too much. Uh, the Lotto winner's X, £61 million. I was so happy for them the other day, really. The fact they lived in Monmouthshire kind of added to my gloom. Uh, should we be allowed to drink on flights? Uh, the the answer's coming back, really, for many of you, that no, we shouldn't. You don't need the alcohol. You really don't. The IS Supergrass telling 
of a super plot to bomb this country. Brendan Cole ruled out a replacing Len Goodman. Apparently, he's a bit too cocky. Uh, Simon Cowell smokes 80 cigarettes a day. He's switching to vaping. Will it stop him smoking? Well, something needs to. And uh, cataracts. Just wear dark glasses. What people say now, just wear dark glasses. The probe that nobody wants to lead. This is the sexual abuse. And now it turns out that one in 14 is sexually abused as a child. That is under the age of 16. One in 14 people. That's, I mean, that is absolutely huge, you know, in terms of looking at schools and looking at, you know, if you look at the amount of people attending a football match and you go one in 14. I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable. Plus the hunt for the hit and run scum. It's a really bizarre story. And I'll tell you about it on LBC this morning. Plus we'll go through the front pages of the papers. And I will remind you again that I'm here tomorrow morning being Saturday. There's no escaping. And uh, so between five and seven, between five and six, it's the best of Steve Allen. And then between six and seven, it's In Conversation. This weekend, a very, very famous actor and a very famous maitre d' who you'll have seen on the television. And believe you me, you need to be in with maitre d's. The reason you need to be in with maitre d's is because they are the link between you getting a table and you not getting a table. And believe you me... It's become more of a problem in London than it ever used to be. I know that there are certain restaurants you phone up and they go, we've got nothing for three months. But of course, if you're the... You can imagine the Beckhams phone up and they go, uh, we'd like a table tonight. They're not going to turn around and go, uh, we don't have anything for three months. They'll be in like that. So there's no such thing as a sold-out show in London. There are almost sold-out shows, but they always hold back a few tickets either for people who are queuing outside the theatre, which happens in the case of Phantom of the Opera, uh, or if a member of the royal family phone up and go, uh, the Queen would like to come and see Phantom of the Opera tonight. I mean, she wouldn't leave it that short notice, but there would always be a seat available. There would always be a pair of seats available. It's as simple as that. So uh, restaurants, are, are you really sold out for three months? Yes. Oh, it's a shame because the Beckhams so wanted to come. Oh, well, we can put the Beckhams in. Of course, that's how it works. You know, if it's sort of little Steve Allen and they go, well, actually, we haven't got anything. Steve Allen... We haven't got anything, actually, Steve, not for about three months now. Um, OK, I was I was bringing Victoria Beckham. I just wondered whether that would make a difference to the... But I don't pander to anybody. I seriously... But I know that's how the system operates. So we'll talk about that on the programme. And um, uh, Vin, uh, Vicente, Vicente, I hope that's how you pronounce it, says, I'm a professional massage therapist. Some of my clients keep their pants on, some not. See, I think we've started something here now. We've started the to keep pants on or to keep pants off. But I don't know why people have massages. Are you having a massage because it makes you feel better? Or have you got some sort of injury that needs massaging? Or just makes you feel good? Well, I mean, a bottle of Prosecco makes you feel good. Why don't you just sit down and have a bottle of Prosecco? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't quite understand why you want to take your clothes off in front of a perfect stranger. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't because it makes you feel good. Is it, is it the stranger bit? Is it the, ooh, it's a stranger, you know, taking my clothes off kind of thing? I think I'm probably going down the wrong route here. I think I'm probably going down the wrong route. I'll probably be heading for, a, for, for, heading for HR after the programme. Uh, listening to the, um, the, uh, the podcast during the week, says Mark, uh, Alan, uh, you talk about cremation, but remembering you wanted a tombstone with a QR code directing to the podcast... I quite, actually, I want a little button that you push on top of the gravestone. Not that I'm going to be buried. It'll be, it will be a cremation. But uh, there'll be a little thing there and you can push it on and you can hear a recording from me, which I quite like. Or in fact, see a little video would be quite good of somebody's life. They, they do that, you know, they do that in, um, 
in Russia, when the when when the gangsters over there and the uh, and the corrupt ones get get uh, shot dead, they they put photographs of them up in the cemetery on their tombstones and all all things like that. It's all a bit bizarre, but uh, there you go. Eight four eight five zero. Steve Beachwear in the uh, in the fifties knitted costumes. Photos of me says Pamela from Brentwood. And my sister's on the broad stairs beach. She said I'm the one in the middle. <laughs> Do you remember knitted swimming costumes? <laughs> you just. I remember them <laughs> made out of wool and uh, because people couldn't afford to buy them, so they made them. So when you went in the sea, the crotch was down to your knees. Come on, you remember these things. I know you do. It's no good trying to pretend you don't. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I've just seen, says Fred, a Sheffield United fan's got a three-year ban from matches for chucking Vimto at a police officer. He said, OK, no excuse for losing your temper, but a three-year ban? Well, it, you have to send out a message. I don't know, because I don't know the story, but I think you have to send out a message to people saying, this is just unacceptable. It's only one, one step away from, from throwing a knife and things like that. I know it's only Vimto, but, I mean, this, this could have blinded him, could have done anything. So that's what they're obviously considering. I think that's what they're uh, considering. A lot of people talk about the shaving of the faces now. Electrolysis, says Mark, is tantamount to torture. It's mostly used for gender reassignment. Well, I know, I know loads of ladies who have, uh, who have electrolysis. Seriously, I mean, it's, 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 it's quite... Uh, uh, Mark says, are you really live tomorrow? Well, you'll think I am. Of course I'm not. I mean, I'm not, obviously not going to be in here seven days a week. I do six days as it is. There is a limit to even my capabilities. But, uh, yes... And um, uh, Jill in Ashford says, I drove through Twickenham yesterday. Beautiful hanging baskets in the town. Are yours like that? Not now, they're not, no. <laughs> I wish I wish they were. Outside um, Sandy's, they're still clinging on. But it's, it's the weather. It's gone all, it's gone all mush. The, the town hanging baskets are not too bad, but uh, it's, it's uh, n- n- not looking as good, I'm afraid, in the, in the Steve Allen department. Cleethorpes is well worth a visit. as a long sandy beach. Uh, a good mar- a miniature railway. You can ride on the Cleethorpes Light Railway, two miles long. I want to go on one of those. What's the ones that go up the cliffs? Vernicular, vernacular railways or something like that. They, they used to have one down in Brighton. Down in Brighton. I think it's called a vernacular railway. And it, it goes up the side of the cliff and it works by um, something. Water pressure, isn't it? I think a vernacular railway. Very famous very famous vernacular railways. You see them sometimes, mainly in seaside towns, up the side of the cliffs. And so as one goes up, there it is. That's a vernacular railway. Do you, know, do you remember that you don't remember the one in Brighton, which was on stilts and went out into the sea? And uh, they did a programme on the television about the one in Brighton, which was like sitting on a pod up in the air and it went out into the water. Into the water and then came round again. Brighton was very, uh, very famous for that. Very famous for it. And it, it went ages ago. The Dyke... No, I don't think it was the Dyke Railway. Uh, but there was definitely one down there in Brighton. And there, there was a picture of it, like the, the Volks Railway. Only this one was tall and went along the front and then went... I'm looking at all the pictures. No, nothing looks like it at all here. It was on stilts. It seriously looked like something out of a Star Wars movie. But they're lovely, these little places, aren't they? But the, the Volks Railways, I think one of the oldest electrical railways in the world. I see, I could happily drive a train like that. I could do that. And I believe, actually, there have been some famous people who've driven that railway. Really. But it, it was definitely Brighton um, for this railway. What was it called? See, see that thing that... Oh, no. What's that thing there? It's that thing in the water. There. Bottom picture. Bottom... Yeah, no. Along, along, along. Uh, there. That one there. That's in Swansea, and that's a railway. It's on 
It's on rails, that thing. And Brighton had one very, very similar to it, but I can't remember what they called it. Come on, somebody will know. Come on, railway enthusiasts everywhere. Come to the help of, uh, of Steve Allen, who sometimes can't remember things. They've got a clifftop railway in Scarborough, says John. Jane reckons Frinton's very nice. And um, <laughs> I went to the Ivy, says Anna. It usually takes six months, but I managed to get a table very quickly. I must have the magic touch. You must have. You must have. Well, the man coming in to talk on, on, uh, on In Conversation this week uh, was the front of house there. He's a director. And they've got the Ivy Club as well, which I've been to, because a friend of mine was uh, there. Very large fire in Great Yarmouth, Regent Road area, Steve. OK, we'll put that one uh, out for people. A lot of people talking about Pairdrex and Cydrex uh, being soft drinks. Soft drink. I never drank them. I'm, I'm sure that they came funicular, not vernacular, says uh, Mary in South Norwood. So, funicular. But the one in Brighton, can anybody remember the name of it, please? Please help me out on that one. Just I've seen pictures, but not too sure, actually. And, uh, Steve, when you book a table at the Ivy, I wouldn't do the radio award drop. It's Steve Allen. Just say that. It's Steve Allen. You know, uh, hello, can I book a table? It's Steve Allen. And that, that, should, that should do it. I suspect it won't. I suspect it won't. But it doesn't matter. Nicola reckons the Bluebell Railway. That's a nice one, actually. Uh, Steve, I thought it was Saturday's best of us. I've got today off work and woke up all confused. But you're live and not recorded. No, I'm definitely not. Re- no, as far as I know, I'm live. Wait a minute. Ow, pinch myself. I'm definitely live. Definitely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. It was called the Volks Electric Sea Railway Daddy Long Legs. And it was the most peculiar thing. They still have the Volks Railway, which runs along the, uh, the back of Brighton. It goes all the way down to the marina and then comes back again. And uh, that looks a bit of fun. But the Daddy Long Legs, you search that out and you look for images online. It was the most peculiar looking thing. It must have frightened the life out of people. And it was electric as well. How that worked, I I'm seriously have no idea. Must have been some clever way of doing it, but uh, very interesting. And I think this was, uh, it used to go up through Rottingdean, which was, uh, it, it did face a lot of difficulties. I mean, the car was slowed considerably at high tide, but Volts could never afford to improve the motors. And then they had groins, you know, the groin, those things that sort of stop the sea crashing. Uh, they were found to have led to underwater scouring under the sleepers. And the railway was closed for two months. That was then repaired. It was an awful problem, actually. And eventually it was sold for scrap. But some of the concrete sleepers can still be viewed at low tide. Eventually, Volks Electric Railway was extended onshore. And um, the Brighton Toy and Model Museum has got a model of the railway car. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know there was a, a museum. The Brighton Toy and Model Museum. Sounds quite exciting, doesn't it? At uh, Brighton, the place where you went to take the sea air, it was supposed to be very good for you. And once the royal family patronised the place, it became even more popular. Parts of it looking a little bit dowdy at the moment, I have to uh, to tell you. But uh, when you look at the tracks for this thing, it's amazing, isn't it? How we all went down to the sea. And the beaches were packed in those days. Absolutely packed. But when you look at this thing and it went out into the water, and you... It was in about 10 feet of water when it went out there. Must have been a bit frightening for people. Certainly looks a bit frightening to me. Mind you, I think that big tower in Brighton looks a bit frightening. That's the one that you're up 350 feet in the air. But uh, everybody will be using it quite a lot over this weekend. It was the Devil's Funicular Railway in Brighton. There's a great one in Aviemore that goes up the Cairngorm Mountain. The restaurant opened in the evening with a fab sunset viewing point. Uh, David in Brighton says, uh, come down for a glass or three of Prosecco, because it's Pride this weekend. I'm getting invites all over the place. Seriously, I mean, it's that. Uh, next year, Tomorite Sticks 
in your baskets. They last all season and slowly release potash every time you want. Potash? Oh, I'm doing potassium. My pots and baskets are the best ever this year. Oh, right. I've never heard of uh, tomorite sticks. I should have to check that one out, just in case it uh, it doesn't actually exist. Uh, so the front pages of the papers. Who's do- oh, I must thank a lady, actually, who's been listening to this programme for some time, called Rosemary. She said, I'm 73, and I discovered you four years ago. You've kept me uh, kept me going. I know you love Christmas, so this will be your first Christmas gift. She bought me a lovely uh, lovely book on Richmond, which I've seen in uh, in Waterstones down there, but I I never I never bought it. So thank you very much indeed. Some nice images of Richmond. Uh, Rachel Hunter on the front of the Daily Mail, having her shaving. The professor's wife, victim of the teenage migrants' knife frenzy. This is Darlene Horton. She was due to be flying back, I believe, today. I mean, seriously, that's how that's how bad it was. Uh, Dave's two fingers to the voters. David Cameron showering honours on chums, cronies, and second raters. Uh, a foal has been ripped apart. A newborn foal discovered in a field with chunks of flesh torn from her back. A large paw print was spotted nearby. They think there could be a lion on the loose. I don't know where it would come from. I suppose there must be people. They say uh, the police believe the foal was killed by a pack of dogs, but the animal's owner is not convinced. Um, now, I don't know. I mean, it could be a big cat. could be anything, couldn't it, really? We've had this, uh, had this before. Dodgy Dave's Dozen. Twelve faces of cronyism in the Daily Mail today. The masked gang in a raid on Rooney's £6 million home. He was away playing in his testimonial. And uh, Kai, Clay and Kit... We're down there. There's nothing like keeping it all simple, isn't it, in a family? And uh, a balaclava intruder triggered the elaborate security system. He was said to be deeply shocked. Not at all surprised, actually. Oh, look, Ola Jordan dragging out her uh, last remnants of anything at all. And apparently on Wednesday took a wrong step. This is James, her husband, who's somewhat of a bore, I'm afraid, by jokingly calling her a on Celebrity Big Brother's bit on the side because they have to start going because they can't get any gigs at all. There's, there's no work for them. They've, they've burnt every bridge, I think, that there is available. Uh, tasered, cuffed and pinned to the ground. The suspect was known to mental health staff. This is after that lady died. Uh, the split with the girl who won 12 million, missing you a lotto. And uh, she obviously got rid of him for some reason. Perhaps he's terribly dull and dreary. But anyway, he's gone to most of the papers. Axe Stender star Daniela Westbrook. You know, they're always complaining about everything. It's never her. It's always everybody else. Now she claims her teeth have been removed. Uh, she looked poorly. She lay in a hospital bed in the clip. She said, I've been in hospital. All my teeth removed for a blood and bone infection through no fault of my own. Well, it just sort of arrived, did it? There's no, so nothing to do with you, of course, as usual. It's the latest setback for the drug addict who lost the septum of her nose due to her use of cocaine, dropped from EastEnders several times, most recently after returning for Peggy Mitchell's funeral. And uh, in the video, she also claimed a stalker was trying to ruin her life taking pictures through the window. Well, pull the curtains, dear. Pull the curtains. I mean, let's face it, you seem to have made most of your career exposing every aspect of your dull, boring existence. So close the curtains. Close the curtains. Fairly simple thing. Zhup, curtains closed. There you go. You know, if you don't want to tell people about your dull life, well, don't. Just close the curtains. A man is hurled 15 feet in the air. You can see the victim uh, quite clearly in a car park. Uh, This is some men who are driving a car in North Walsham in Norfolk at 12.55am on Saturday, July the 23rd. Uh, The man was walking through the car park with two mates. A small dark car, believed to be a blue Peugeot 307, that'll be quite easy to find, is twice driven at him intentionally. These people must be immensely stupid because we have CCTV. This car number plate is clearly identified. They targeted him, they drove, 
Um, if he'd not got out of the way, we'd be dealing with a situation, say the police, where he'd not be with us. They don't reckon he'll walk again for about a year. Um, there is somebody here. They've, they've found them already. A 43-year-old man from a nearby uh, area of Widenham has been arrested and is on police bail. It's not thought the victim and driver were known to each other. But uh, as I say, it's funny who this person is. Why would you just drive at somebody and knock them down in a car unless you're particularly stupid? And I suspect particularly stupid is probably going to uh, be this one. Poor old Grant, the has-been Bovvy, a rather peculiar creature, uh, now screams I'm gay on television. I feel physically ill. And 15 years of fame have taken its toll on Will Young. And uh, they say a mental breakdown, shame at being gay, addictions to alcohol and porn. Welcome to Will Young's troubled world. He's just been dropped from his uh, from his record label. I think he could turn it round. Don't you think so? I think so. He could. Turn... I interviewed him some years ago. I have to be honest. wasn't wasn't the uh, the best interview I've ever had. I think he had a cold at the time, and it made him made him feel slightly mm. as indeed you you probably would actually. Uh, Steve, can you say to Sally, have a great weekend at uh, Brighton Gay Pride this weekend? As we missed a holiday, as she was getting over cancer, says Freddie at Ramsgate. And uh, the Volks Railway was on uh, stilts when it was first built in the 1900s. You could sit underneath it. Now lines are on the ground. Go to the marina, says Francis. I've been on it many times. Been on it many, many times. I quite like that, actually. I like things. That's, but as, as far as I'm concerned, that's actually sort of part of the seaside experience. Definitely. And uh, somebody sent me a link. Thank you, Phil, very much indeed, to the Daddy Longlegs Railway in Brighton. You must have a look at it. It's amazing. Uh, Rosie says, I work for the editor of Country Life. My favourite. And if I just mention his name, I can't get a table for him. But if I say it's the editor of CL, I get the table. (laughs) Really? I must try that. Hi, it's Steve Allen, the editor of The Steve Allen Show. That'd be worth trying, wouldn't it? Uh, the Daily Star today, Sam Fox, my secret big boob hell. It's funny, isn't it? She's in the Big Brother house, but we're getting stories every day. So this must have been planned beforehand to try and resurrect a career that I thought died years ago. Britain will succeed after the EU exit, says the uh, Daily Express. The Mirror, this is the poor old loser Dan White. He's come over as a right miserable little so-and-so. Why Orlando really let it all hang out, and it did all hang out. He's with Katy Perry on a sort of... He's, but he's doing it start naked which is sort of slightly bizarre. You know, if somebody's famous, it is bizarre. But they've all done it. We've seen it with everybody from Justin Bieber through to just about any tacky old bloke on um, on either Made in Chelsea or TOWIE. Cheaper mortgages, according to the Eye. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, lenders failing to pass on the rate cut. And uh, the chairman resigns of the child abuse inquiry. It's in total chaos at the moment. Uh, the Bolshoi's steamy take on Shakespeare. I love the idea that 42nd Street is coming back. That was one of my favourite shows. That's the show that launched the career of Catherine Zeta-Jones. 42nd Street at Theatre Royal Drury Lane. Come and see those dancing feet. And the avenue then... Anyway, it's enough of that. Have yourself a lovely uh, weekend. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Do not miss out, because I'm here from 5 o'clock tomorrow morning till 6 with the best of Steve Allen. And then in conversation, top actor Brian Cox and the former maitre d' at the Ivy, who's now... The restaurant inspector. He's the man who can come round and save your business. Uh, Fernando is going to be with me, Pierre. That'll be uh, for tomorrow's In Conversation, repeated on Sunday evening. And I'm here on Sunday morning as well, as indeed the spike will tell you. I'm here between five and seven with a look at the Sunday papers. And thank God this week there's no bike ride. God, 
dear. What a disruption the other week, but at least they raise money for charity. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Right now, though, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.